Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast Feed, and this particular episode is the Clone Wars Report. Uh, I thought that the sound that Ken Knapsack might make with his mouth to introduce the Clone Wars uh, today might be a mirthful Yoda uh, sound. That was wonderful. That was musical, and that was that was fun. That was that gray Yoda, some t- somewhere between mirthful and dark shadow. Somewhere between. I don't have a, a great Yoda impersonation on my belt to pull up, but I, it's a passable one if I need it. So, yeah, it, it lies somewhere in between. We all have a passable Yoda impression, and I think uh, we all have to accept that somewhere deep inside us, we have a little dark Yoda that's going to be 
So much fun to talk about, right? <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much what this entire episode's going to be. Fighting our little dark Yoda. Uh, it, th- this arc is so uh, rich, so fun, and I always forget how wonderful slash upsetting <laughs> yeah. uh, billowing shadow golem Yoda is <laughs> that it's a delight to rediscover every time. Can't wait to get into it. Uh, I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. The person being Yoda for the moment is Ken Nabsock. We're going to dive into this final arc of season six of the Clone Wars. The episodes involved are season six, episode 11, Voices, written by Christian Taylor, directed by Danny Keller, season six, episode 12, Destiny, written again by Christian Taylor, directed by Kyle Dunleavy, and season six, Episode 13, Sacrifice, written by Christian Taylor, directed by Stuart Lee. Now, Ken, this is one of the things that uh, I've discovered. I'm sure other people know it, but I personally discovered uh, going through Clone Wars like this is I didn't realize how much this writer, Christian Taylor, wrote of this uh, final season. Uh, yeah, name keeps popping up. Yeah, I love that's uh, I love paying attention to that kind of stuff. Easy to overlook. And again, easy to think that uh, Dave Filoni just did it all, which is never a shot at Dave Filoni. It's just kind of a reminder to all of us that there's an t- entire wonderful team of, of creators that, that are behind Clone Wars. No, and it, it for me, it, I would love to hear more about the process. I'm sure there are various behind-the-scenes things that I haven't mm-hmm. seen or read, but... It, from my perspective, it really seems like there's so many big ideas of like we're we want to wrap up the Clone Wars uh, for now. Here mm. are big ideas that that clearly flow from Lucas Filoni, the trajectory of the Clone Wars, and Christian Taylor it appears to be this great hired pen who executed mm. a lot of them for the team. You know, <laughs> just there, got it, got the vibe, uh, and 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 just uh, hit a bunch of home runs, as they would say. Exactly. So any other uh, thoughts about the those uh, elements before we dive into the summary? Sir, I'm going to use some of my words later and I'll let you get to the summary. <laughs> okay, because I used a lot of words on the summary. Uh, just some of these episodes get so complex that I kind of want to lay it all out uh, for myself and for you. <laughs> mm. uh, so we, for, we can uh, both remember what we're talking about. Yes, yes, it, it works like that. Okay, here we go then. Dark truths. The Jedi have learned that through manipulation of Jedi Knight Sifo-Dyas, the Sith Lord Darth Tyrannus, formerly the Jedi Count Dooku, ordered the clone army that currently fights alongside the Jedi. Seeking answers, venerable Jedi Master Yoda meditates deep into the Force and is shocked to hear the familiar voice of a long-dead Jedi. The spectral voice of Qui-Gon Jinn tells Yoda he is part of the living force. Shaken, Yoda speaks with Anakin Skywalker about the visions Anakin and Obi-Wan had of Qui-Gon on the mysterious planet of Mortis. Anakin says Obi-Wan believes it wasn't really Qui-Gon, but an illusion pulled from their memories. Yoda then tells the council he has heard an impossible voice, and all the masters meditate together for an entire rotation, but find nothing. Fears then abound. Kiati Mundi suspects the voice is Sith trickery, using Yoda's bond with his former Padawan, Count Dooku. Dr. Rig Nima can find nothing physically wrong with Yoda, but decides to put him in a deprivation tank to stimulate even deeper meditation. In this tank, Qui-Gon speaks to Yoda, insisting he must finish what Qui-Gon could not and journey to Dagobah. Yoda recruits the help of spontaneous rule bender Anakin Skywalker to escape the watchful eye of the Council and Jedi Temple guards. Flying with Artu, Yoda arrives on Dagobah. 
Qui-Gon appears to Yoda as small glowing orbs and leads him to the Dark Tree Cave. There, Yoda has a disturbing vision of Jedi cutting down clones, Darth Sidious murdering Sase Tin and Kit Fisto. The apparition of Sidious ignites his crimson blade, saying, Join me, there is no other way. After facing this dark potential future, Yoda is told an important truth by Qui-Gon. Dark times are ahead and forces of light must remain. Yoda will learn to manifest his consciousness after death so he may commune with the living. To begin his trials, Yoda travels to another mysterious planet that is one of the origins of all life in the galaxy, passing through a gas cloud nebula, descending through pure energy and into a secret sanctum. Yoda meets the Force Priestesses, five ethereal beings wearing only robes and masks that express their core emotion, sadness, confusion, anger, joy, and serenity. Yoda assures the priestesses he has come with only good intention and light in his heart. The Force Priestesses agree to train Yoda in order to retain his consciousness within the living force at the moment of his death, he must know himself, face his fear, and let go. Yoda claims to have already defeated his weaknesses, but Serenity balks and sends Yoda leaping on mystical mushroom islands to a cloud of darkness. Inside, Yoda is attacked by a shadowy creature who mocks Yoda for spending his days in the decadence of war. Yoda and the shadow monster engage in brutal battle. Yoda recognizes the creature as his shadow self. He acknowledges its presence and recommits to not giving the darkness power over him. Yoda realizes his hubris and is then sent to the Valley of Extinction where he is faced with a test of attachment. He sees dead Jedi scattered on the temple floor. A dying Ahsoka pleads with him. He promised she would be a Jedi, but then he expelled her. Will she still be a part of the Force when she dies? A vision of the Padawan Katuni offers to take Yoda away from all his confusion and pain. She brings him to the temple garden where many Jedi are gathered in peace and joy, including his old Padawan Count Dooku. Yoda resists this fantasy, though, angering Dooku. Yoda remains strong, denying the dark power as a phantom blade slashes down. The priestesses are impressed. Yoda requests to know who they are, to see their faces. Serenity takes off her mask, revealing glowing energy. Then her robes and mask fall to the ground. Yoda realizes the priestesses are dead, yet live between the realms. They are pioneers in the art of retaining your consciousness after death. They instruct Yoda he must face the ultimate seduction on the ancient Sith world of Moraband. Our two pilots Yoda to the horrifying world where Sith visions, warriors and snakes, assault Yoda saying, they will know you are here, we will tell them. Yoda is then confronted by a spectral Darth Bane who celebrates his dark triumph in creating the rule of two. Yoda does not give in to fear or anger and dismisses Bane as an illusion. Force priestesses once again greet Yoda outside of a place of absolute darkness where the Sith used to sacrifice Jedi. Inside there, the priestesses have no power. And in this place, the Sith of Yoda's time will find him. They warn Yoda that the Sith's answers will feel real. Sensing Yoda's presence on Morban, Sidious calls Dooku to Coruscant and using Dooku's blood and his bond to his former Jedi Master, Sidious performs an ancient Sith ritual to invade Yoda's mind on Moraband. He masquerades as Siphodius, offering Yoda what he wants most, the true identity of the Sith Master. Once again, Yoda refuses, but Sidious strikes back. He drops Yoda into a red-hued dream. Yoda finds himself with the clones and Anakin aboard a Republic gunship on their way to the industrial sector where they believe Dooku is meeting with his secret master. Yoda is intent on ending the war, telling Anakin if the Sith are going to escape, 
execute them, we must. But Yoda quickly changes his mind when he witnesses Anakin subdue Dooku only to mercilessly behead him. Yoda chases Sidious, fighting him to a standstill, but Anakin races ahead, eager to attack. The Dark Lord knocks Anakin out and severs the bridge beneath the young Jedi, threatening to kill him. Yoda must choose between fighting Sidious and saving Anakin. Yoda realizes he must stay true to the light side and floats Anakin to safety while enduring hateful blasts of lightning from Sidious. Once Anakin is safe, Yoda declares he is ready to sacrifice everything, hurling his lightsaber at the platform and sending himself insidious, tumbling into the depths. Yoda pulls the cloak away from Sidious's cackling face, but it is empty. Back in the corporeal world, Sidious tells Dooku they've failed to break Master Yoda. They will have to wait a bit longer to end him and all of the Jedi. Waking from his vision, the Force Priestesses tell Yoda his training will continue by communing with Qui-Gon Jinn. Serenity tells him there is another Skywalker as Yoda hears battle sounds and his own voice repeating, another Skywalker. The Jedi Master returns to Coruscant where he tells Mace and Obi-Wan he no longer believes victory is possible in the Clone Wars, but he has discovered a path unknown to the Sith that may yield a greater victory in time. The end for now. <sighs> take a break, sir. Take a break. <laughs> take a sip of water. Well done. Well done. Uh, I think that was absolutely needed, too, uh, for what we're about to discuss here. Uh, all there, all important details. Uh, wonderful. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's, uh, the, this arc is such a mix of uh, of detailed lore and uh, emotion and great thematic stuff and great Yoda stuff. And uh, yeah, lots of hard to wor- say words like Sith and priestesses that you really got to work for. <laughs> uh, you all know me. Sometimes my uh, brain puts a letter in front of the other one. I could not say half that uh, summary. So good for you, sir. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was a very complete summary. So let's get into our thoughts about what this whole story means. What was your overall reaction? Did you love this arc? Like it? Struggle with it? Is this viewing different from previous ones? Where do you go? Where do I go? Everywhere. I'll start here with a big one. I love my big topic sentences. Uh, This is uh, perhaps uh, in in that uh, file cabinet marked the heart of Star Wars. Like there's, there's other bits of Star Wars storytelling that are in that cabinet to be clear, but I, I absolutely believe with all my heart that this is part of the heart of Star Wars. And that, that is uh, what the big message uh, is here. And there's several messages in these episodes. Mm-hmm. They are so important. Uh, they're dense, but also very simple. And I think that's kind of the genius of Star Wars. So that's kind of the big thing, but I, I, I do I want to discuss if I, if I may, Joseph, we're always, uh, this journey of, of you and I going to the Clone Wars report has been about, going back to episodes, not just to review them, but it, it, it kind of forces you just to kind of, hey, how did you first take them in and where where are you viewing it now? And and we've had such a wonderful jury, journey here in Force Center just overall um, uh, diving in deep and learning things and continuing to learn things. Going back to when these episodes there, which was only two, 2014, mm-hmm. I would describe myself then as confused and curious, <laughs> especially because this was the lost season, right? So this is like, oh, we are going to get a chance to wrap up the Clone Wars. The thought of Clone Wars saved in season seven was still four years away from being announced, six years away or so from from actually happening or mm. a- actually being in our eyes. Um, so I, I, I have always said I, I took in Star Wars differently then than I do now, but I also take it in a, in a lot of the same ways. So back then I was enthralled. I was just so enthralled that this these three episodes were the end of the Clone Wars as I knew it or as we all knew it. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is 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 I. 
got the imp- bigger implications. Uh, the Force goes lore. Oh, some answers to Qui-Gon. Why, maybe he didn't disappear then. Remember, George always said he was going to answer that at some point. And we kind of got that. And, hey, the Clone Wars are coming to an end. And Yoda's having some pretty cool visions, kind of like Mortis, visions of what's to come. And, and I love I love that kind of uh, lore or future lore or whatever you want to call that. <laughs> but I, I felt I was missing why they chose these three. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember kind of confused, like it ended and I love that, that ending. It, it's a, it's a, it's a great ending under the tree and Yoda's talking about it. And yeah, the, the, the hope of another Skywalker, we know what that means. I felt I was missing why. And, and, and now I, I, I just, I really, like I said, this is the heart of, of Star Wars. And, and I, I, I love looking at the, at the core. It's a powerful look at the core of force philosophy, which just means it, it to me, it's a deeper look at what we're all dealing with inside of us, which is why Star Wars is so powerful. And and, and early Force Center listeners, we reference that thing. I used to joke about it, not joke. I used to say, uh, I like uh, it's lore versus war. And I, I like watching Star and First of all, it almost rhymed. So it almost was catchy. <laughs> but I like the war, which is still something I enjoy today. Meaning I, I, I like how and why these wars are fought. I love the military moves and tactics. I love the tech. I love the explosions. And I love knowing what the result is. And these episodes... It's also why I cry every time Abaratus appears. These episodes don't answer that, right? In fact, Yoda says Mm-mm. quite the opposite. Yeah, we're probably going to lose. And I, I think I was like, oh, but but oh, why? Don't don't give up. Like I, I not, not that I was misinterpreting. It's just I was I was a little bit of Kiati Mundi, <laughs> looking at answer, trying to answer questions based out of fear. <laughs> and all yeah. that to say, I I I I still appreciate that and and liking war over. Lore, and that just meant the Jedi stuff, the deeper philosophies, and that the, the, the lore overall, canon, the canon connections. I love all that. So I'll end my opening rant here, Joseph, <laughs> or opening monologue. But just saying, I, I found myself the last three days. I took the most amount of notes I've ever taken for Clone Wars. Just kept writing things down of what these episodes were speaking to me and and, and saying about the larger Star Wars story. And that's why I think these episodes are at the front of that filing cabinet. Yeah, no, I really agree with a, a great deal of what you said. I think it, it's really great to uh, reflect on on what resonated with you when you first saw it, and then one starts to resonate when you uh, have the the benefit of time and the benefit of really looking at all of the ideas that are being presented in the Clone Wars about this era, but then how also this era you know connects to decisions that are being made after it um and before it now even in the high republic uh definitely for notes and for the power of this episode i've really uh, i've taken to you know writing down as i watch writing down the quotes that i think are like that's a real linchpin or that's real important to the rest of star wars and i kind of got to a point of like should i just download the script somewhere because i'm writing down almost everything uh and i think that's a function of what's so interesting and unique about these episodes is that they i think the way it really landed with me the first time is this is what George Lucas has uh, promised for years. This is vital information about one of the deepest mysteries and debates and philosophies of Star Wars, which is what are the four spirits uh, as much as we uh, should be able to comprehend something that is ethereal and otherworldly and next plane. Uh, you know, what is there to be explained? What is there to be learned? And I think that is in here. There are a lot of just concrete answers, some things that, you know, fans still discuss. Like, I always remember, like, you know, um, it's just said <laughs> mm-hmm. in these episodes. Um, a lot of the things that I think about in Star Wars, I sometimes like, okay, now I, I want to make sure that I'm going back to, like, text <laughs> yeah. to support yeah. my perspective. And a lot of that text is in this episode or in this arc. Mm-hmm. So I think that's uh, uh, really powerful about it. I think it is... Um, 
a really good ending for the Clone Wars. I, I like the ending for the season seven, but it was a really good ending for its time uh, that it ends on this hopeful beat. I think it's powerful that it's full circle with the first broadcast episode mm-hmm. because the first broadcast episode ambush is Yoda kind of going into war, which he knew was not a great thing, but he's going into it with a, okay, let's do this. Let's figure it out. I will stand against uh, literally stand against the dark side by defeating Asajj Ventress and showing that the dark side isn't as powerful and I will offer a better deal and we'll make a treaty uh, in, in, uh, with uh, the Toydarians and I'll show the clones respect. And it's like the, okay, I can still be a Jedi while doing this. Mm-hmm. And then we come full circle to this other Yoda arc where I feel like this arc is many things, but one of the things it is, is the story of Yoda reconnecting with the basic truths of the light side. Mm. the basic truths of himself and in that reconnection going the war was wrong it was always wrong i shouldn't have done it it's like it's a business retreat retreat <laughs> and he came with tweet a business retreat and he came back he came down the mountain uh, full of fire uh full of a deeper understanding and I, I think that's a great point i hadn't thought about in those terms of the of the bookend of, of ambush to this uh yeah so yeah that's a great point there's a lot of bookends and a lot of mirrors and not just in the visions, but like uh, just beats uh, throughout, you know, um, yeah. I think the other thing that uh, about this arc is even though it's, it's got this bittersweet, you know, uh, epiphany that uh, even if we technically win, what all have we lost? You know, mm-hmm. even if that's on the table of like, yeah, a technical military victory is maybe still on the table, but mm-hmm. you know, but uh, at, at what cost, what was this war for? Why were we fighting in the first place? All that. So it's got this bittersweet, uh, feeling to it but at the same time i just this this time watching them was just like a balm <laughs> mm, it was mm. like a healing feeling because yoda has been on the wrong path and he's yeah. correcting himself uh final big picture thing that i wanted to say is it is really just fun to spend this much time with yoda uh yoda's always fun when he is uh stern um and and concerned and and meditating uh and when he's uh, silly and mirthful he's fun but those are all moments so we mostly see yoda in control Mm. (laughs) and to see yoda feel doubt fear childlike joy Uh, i love the shot where he's on his back and it looks like he just had a bad trip and he doesn't know what the bleep's going on (laughs) to get to just spend this time uh, with yoda and get to see him stretch into all these emotions that we don't really get to see yoda have as often because he's not challenged as much yeah no they're even to the point when we'll discuss but some even some of the other other jedi going uh, this is this is weird right yoda uh, yoda usually has it all together <laughs> what's going on here uh and it's it's almost like uh, when you run into your third grade teacher at the grocery store like whoa they eat they eat food whoa <laughs> yeah that's not right that's not right. Uh, and those are just our big picture thoughts. So we're going to dive a little deeper here. As always, we want to talk about the morals of the episode. Three episodes, three morals. The first is madness can sometimes be the path to truth. The second moral is death is just the beginning. And the final is facing all that you fear will free you from yourself. Uh, all good things to tell little kids playing baseball. Right, Ken? Former baseball coach. <laughs> It is. It is. It is. Absolutely. I've said death is just the beginning many times after a, a kid struck out uh, and, uh, and had to uh, get them ready for the next inning. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Coming home is kind of a, a form of dying and, and then being reborn, <laughs> right? When you touch home base. Exactly. Totally is. Yeah. Yeah. But pull the kid aside. You know, Coach Cat, I struck out. Death is just the beginning. 
you've had a lot of great insights. Uh, we <laughs> poke fun because the context is is sometimes uh, funny, but it, it makes perfect sense. These morals are about mentorship, and yeah. coaching is a form of of mentorship. So it makes sense that you've always gone to that. Do any of these speak to you for your own personal journey or, uh, or your journey in mentoring others? Yeah. So initially, uh, I, I'm drawn to uh, facing all that you f- fear will, will free you from yourself. And that, that makes a lot of sense. But then for some, I kept going back to this idea of madness can sometimes be the path to truth and what that that means and, and, and the use of the word madness. And, and that that to me, this is my interpretation of it. Just madness kind of implies be, becoming loose from your moorings. Uh, it makes me think of the that, that UK uh, uh, phrase, you know, oh, he's lost the plot, right? He's just going <laughs> to, and, and there's, there's negative connotation, connotations to all that, right? You know, oh, he's gone mad. He's gone mad. But in this context, it's just to me, it's uh, it's it's you know when you're running into a creative roadblock or just maybe your life is in a, in in the in the doldrums and you're trying to break free. We just there, it takes a little bit of madness to kind of break free from that, and, and then you can kind of just come free and clear from what you are, what you know. Just kind of shake yourself loose from the from the uh, from the shore a little bit. That's why I use that term moorings. So of just like sometimes you're so tied to it. And you just gotta, you just gotta break free. You've got to break free, and <laughs> and madness will help that. And you know, just using that term, that's the way I interpret it. Uh, of what, because I try to apply it to Yoda, right? It isn't like he's gone mad. Other people around him might think that, but maybe he's th- seeing clear for the first time in his life, all nine hundred years or so. And it took a little bit of madness to make that happen. There was just something about that that I, I was drawn to. Yeah, yeah. I love that this is kind of this hyperbolic uh, way to state it. It does reflect the fact that in this episode, they're worried that there is something actually wrong with Yoda. (laughs) Like, did he feel stress? Um, But I I totally agree with everything you're saying. It it feels almost like it should be in in quotation marks, like what appears to be madness can be the Mm -hmm. path to truth, right? Because it's just about um, questioning something that is so fundamental, unmoored. Uh, it is a good way to say it. Uh, there's been that viral video going around uh, social media of the uh, house uh, falling off its stilts and floating into the ocean. <laughs> and it's like that of like this fundamental pillar that we've uh, built in understanding on questioning that feels like madness, but yeah. maybe it isn't, you know? Yeah, it maybe it isn't. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Death mm-hmm. is just the beginning. That's pretty clear about uh, various Star Wars philosophies of uh, of cycles of rebirth and, you know, other places besides Star Wars. Uh, the facing all that you fear will free you from yourself. That is uh, that's just something I'm thinking about a lot uh, in my own life that that hit me hard because, you know, mm. we're still in this pandemic, but it, it, it you know, a time of uncertainties and mm. some things were changes that were made to happen. And just for myself, I have all these choices in front of myself and star Wars is helping me a lot going like, is this something that I'm afraid to let go of? Cause it's something I've always done or a way I've already mm-hmm. always done things. And should I allow myself to evolve? That one really, yeah. really hit me. Mm, that's great. Yeah. Fear standing in front of you on that path. Great way to look at it. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, moving on from the morals, let's dive into the real big picture stuff, the big themes, what ideas are at stake in this episode. Uh, I have a a couple thoughts. I'm sure we're going to overlap, but I'm really curious to see um, how you framed the big picture uh, ideas of this episode. (laughs) Let me tell you, I make reference in, in this section of our podcast, uh, wishing we had the Vegas sports book of just everything's up there on, on the wall and you can, <laughs> we can start choosing and betting and drafting what we want to talk about. Um, this is where I started. Yeah, I, I had to contain myself. So here we go. Um, 
in no particular order. I, I, I was really drawn to this idea of overcoming what seems to be impossible, which mm. like, why, why, and then, and that's, that starts from, from Yoda going, Whoa, I'm hearing voices, man. Something that Qui-Gon that that's impossible. That word impossible comes up a lot. Often with Kiati Mundi, we'll, we'll, poor Kiati, and I like Kiati. Um, you already mentioned dark truths, so this facing the truth, finding the truth. Um, I'm always drawn to that, and 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 breaking down a lot of discussions on like the Game of Thrones side of things, which is usually a, a darker, grayer world. A lot of times, characters have to face these really hard truths, and hard truths that change their perspectives, um, not just in the moment, but how they were brought up, what they mm-hmm. led to believe for a long time, and so that's a lot about. Yoda has many, we'll get into some detailed quotes, I'm sure, but just like, yeah, that's what we, that's what we used to know, or that's what we've know, learned and, and know to this point, there's still more to learn maybe. And, and I think a lot of that is, is where I was drawn to the idea of facing and finding the truth. Uh, and then this idea of also admitting when you do not know, which, which can kind of be like overcoming a certain <laughs> kind of fear, right? Mm-hmm. Like ignorance is a big problem in in a, in, in a lot of uh, a lot of things and just not ignorance and just uh, an insulting way, but just like I wish we all could just say I don't know a lot more, especially on Twitter. I don't uh, know. Yeah, no, I mean I think that's that's a lot of what Star Wars can be getting to with these big ideas of uh, I, I kind of thought of the 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 section you're talking about here of the idea of rigidity versus the flowing mm-hmm. in the organic mm-hmm. that that constant star wars theme of are you kind of in trapped in a sort of uh, mechanical <laughs> yeah red yeah. tape bureaucratic lockstep this is the way it always is uh versus well let's question that or let's try something that we never uh, did before let's listen what this is what my eyes tell me because they're trained yeah. to see this way but what does my gut tell me what do my feelings tell me all yeah. those big ideas, I feel like we're we're really here. Um, yeah, and you know, not to spiral off into into the re- <laughs> real world too much, but I think that um, what you're talking about, I think the the reason that we can't have the wonderful, I don't know, is because there's so much rigidity that we are mm-hmm. supposed to know that to say I don't know is to expose weakness. Yes, <laughs> and then you know we'll have a flashing red spot on us, like we're a, a boss in a video game, and we'll get stabbed there if you mm-hmm. say. I don't know. Um, and nobody likes to feel talked down to, right? No. Uh, but that's such a great way to learn from one another or to accept the unknown mm-hmm. is to be able to feel, to face those fears and feel okay to say, I don't know. Let's find out. Let's find out. Let's find out. And love what you're saying too, that rigidity is is is, uh, is a way great way to look at it, especially in terms of the Jedi Order, not picking on the Jedi Order here. And I don't want to enter into business speak. You and I are both fascinated. We find business speak comical. We, we've mm-hmm. talked about that. It's also I love old kids of the hall sketches. Um, but I, I, I used to always have an old vice president used to come by my office and be like, the thing I never want to hear is we've always done it like that which is a very, you know, best practices, business brochure type of thing, I, I admit. But, I, but, I, but I, I think it really applies here of like the, the, the Yoda, like Yoda had that conversation a few times. It, 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 just because we've always done it that way doesn't mean we should look at it right here, right now. Yeah. You got to look at it differently. Yeah. And I think there's such a difference between, but we've always done it that way versus, hey, we've tried it lots of ways and this is why we do it the way we do it. Because maybe you are right. But by saying it, this is by phrasing it is this is why we've always done it this way. It opens up the possibility to question it. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that's what's so great about the Jedi is this idea of like we have learned many truths, 
but we need to keep questioning them. And sometimes the answer is, wow, we were wrong <laughs> or yeah. things have evolved and that answer has changed. Or sometimes it's, hey, we looked at it again to make sure that we are <laughs> yeah. where we want to be. And it turns out we, we agree with the conclusion we've come to in the past. And I think that's going, both of those are going on in this episode. Um, 100%. The, this whole uh, rigidity being uh, afraid of ignorance thing, I, I did write down a couple of those quotes that you were talking about. Um, right. And I think this is an episode where the Jedi are being held to task for being too rigid and in specific about this idea of how the flow between the living force and the cosmic worf, uh, force and how life and death work. Mm-hmm. Um, Anakin says, uh, well, Kayate Mundi, we'll start with him. He says, the dead are part of the cosmic force and lose their individuality, period. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't say period, but he delivers it, period. That's the way it works, period. Uh, Anakin, who, who can be both rigid and flowing, uh, says to Yoda, well, everything we know about the force tells us that an individual retaining their identity after death is impossible. Mm. And this great uh, Yoda quote that you were alluding to, everything we know, yes, but what about what we know not? Hmm? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the beginning of his adventure, right? To say like, yeah, no, I'm not throwing away my accumulated wisdom, but I am accepting that maybe there is something I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I think that it, that idea is highlighted even more in that first episode by first Yoda reaching out to Anakin. Yoda is in this different place where he's like, okay, I, I need to open my mind and be in a questioning place. And the fact that he reaches out to Anakin and in this moment is seeing Anakin's spontaneity as an asset and not a flaw. And it's kind of fun, cheeky, mirthful Yoda who says, <laughs> disobeying the council, your expertise is. That is why I ask for your help. It is the spontaneity you find so easily, which others do not. And yeah. obviously Anakin's lack of control over his emotions, his impetuousness uh, can can be a flaw but it can also be a strength and that's such it's really showing where yoda is at saying like in this moment the council is being rigid so i need to go to somebody who isn't uh, as rigid when it comes to jedi orthodoxy <laughs> yeah yeah I, I love when i, I get one right i i, I love this uh, i put this idea of yoda asking anakin is just this, just a shine example of the strength but also man isn't that a danger just percolating inside of him <laughs> when you don't have uh, have that focus there yeah 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 and then for me the final big big uh quote that's powerful is when uh yoda has been to the cave he has seen uh, all of his fears come true and is feeling beaten by it uh, a little yeah. bit and Qui-Gon lifts him up by saying, uh, there is always hope, my friend, though it often comes in forms not looked for. The key is knowing how to see it and seizing that opportunity. And I think that's what goes back to, you know, why the moral of that episode is madness can sometimes be the path uh, to the truth. Uh, mm-hmm. Because it's this idea of like, well, OK, if we stop framing things the way that we are really used to framing them and often does us service, uh, maybe we will see something that we didn't before and maybe that's the, the that's where the hope will be in looking at it in a new light yeah mm. wish i could have said all this to my boss years ago um <laughs> during those conversations no no well well said i really love all this stuff there that's why there's just so many big things in here i think that's almost just the first episode <laughs> that's almost just almost the first just, episode yeah. Yeah. yeah um i i I, I want to make sure that uh, that we see everything on your uh, your dartboard. But do you mind if yes. I um, take a shot at the way I, I try to look at the big picture? Uh, absolutely, please, please do. 
Yeah, I think for me, there are so many ideas. Uh, when I pulled back and tried to see them simply, there's this that part where Yoda goes, the answer was simple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> simple it was. Uh, you said it so well. It's both complex and simple, and that's what makes it so intriguing. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I really pulled back, I just felt like the big idea of this arc is the light side manual. Like, mm-hmm. here's your brochure. <laughs> that yeah. what it's really about is Yoda's journey to relearn what he has learned before. A lot of this is presented as him learning new stuff, and it certainly is about the possibility of retaining your consciousness and the the possible darkness coming. He does learn new information, but all the trials that he passes are him having to do again what he has done before to reconnect with his deepest truths. And this was what I thought was so fascinating because so much of the episode or the arc is about hey, maybe look at it in a different light. And a lot of what he is going through in his journey is, hey, examine and torture your core beliefs about yourself to make sure they still hold up. And he passes the test because they do, because his core beliefs, he reconnects to them. Mm. Yeah, because you know, you're getting this big answer of, uh, well, how do you become force ghosts, right? This one, we're going to talk about the canon connections, but the answer is everything you're kind of saying, only when you truly know yourself can you let go of all that. And Yoda just constantly facing what he is, facing the truth, facing things he's buried, facing his hubris, force center, ding, ding, word of the <laughs> word of the century. Yeah, I agree with that a lot. Yeah, I forgot that hubris was uh, so beautifully highlighted. And um, it's a thing I, I talk about a lot or think about a lot. And I, I think I bring up on the podcast that I like this Jedi idea that you're always learning, always questioning. And that's there are lots of places. But I like in this episode, it is a concrete statement from the force priestess. After uh, Yoda's uh, Valley of Extinction trial, uh, she says, you have done well, but to succeed, your life must be spent learning. And I think that really is that Jedi philosophy of always being open to looking at it in a new way, always being willing to question even your most deeply held beliefs. And if they are fundamentally true, your examination will bear that out or you'll find something new and not being afraid to question those beliefs. Right. And yeah, I think that's to me that that continual learning. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Yoda has a quote early on that's just uh, covers uh, so much. The danger is to not know the truth. The danger, the danger. Uh, yeah, love that. Love that. Use. Yeah. Um. So, looking at it from this sort of light side manual, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yoda reconnecting to his core beliefs. It's really interesting to just go through each of his trials and see what he's actually facing. Um. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the the first thing is going. Well, I guess the first thing is uh, being able to. Uh, be open to maybe maybe that is Qui-Gon and maybe I should try this out, right? Because he could yeah. give in to fear and just go, Caddy Mundy's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a trick of the Sith, I'm not leaving. So yeah. first test is just to leave. Uh, but then when he is sent to the cave on Dagobah and, and uh, Qui-Gon says, you know, be wary, give power to that which you fear and it will show itself to you. And it's instructive to see what Yoda fears, which is uh, losing the war and being defeated by the Sith, right? Yeah. Uh, and he sees all that. Um, and I feel like this is a, the first step is like, it's showing him the mirror, right? The dark side can own those dark side caves, mirror or tree can only show you what your anxieties are and sort of weapons, weaponize them against you. Yeah. And I think that's such a great starting point for Yoda. Cause I don't think he quite realizes how much he's full of anxiety, you know? To me, it, like, it, it goes back to Phantom Menace when Qui-Gon tells Obi-Wan, don't center on your anxieties. And Yoda knows not to center on his anxieties, but doesn't realize that's what he's been doing 
for a, quite a while now that he is just obsessed with. We're going to lose the war. We're going to be defeated by the Sith. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, so, see, there's this this thing here, and, I, and uh, Kristen Baver referred to the character as the imp of the dark side, which I just uh, love, love that. We'll call him Dark Yoda. Uh, when he that whole thing where he's like, Yoda hates me. Yoda hates me, and how Yoda hates his dark side. Which you know, well, sure, we all hate our dark side, but he doesn't want to play with it. Yeah, right. He just he just <laughs> wants to. He wants to. He denies it. He said, "I don't recognize. You. I don't know who you are." Uh, paraphrasing, and and yeah, for Yoda to have to face all that, and, and what you're talking about too. Overall, as I step back a little bit from it too, this is this uh, this idea of everything that Yoda imparts to Luke on Dagobah. This is kind of the. You're right. It is the brochure, and this yep. is where he's in the lobby going, "Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Wars not make one great." Yep, wars are not going to make one great. You're going to go into that tree. It's going to be all about combat, and you're going to see what you get out of that. If that's what your focus is, that's what you'll get, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then the, yeah, the the imp, the dark Yoda, mm-hmm. <laughs> the Frank Oz shadow golem. <laughs> I know Tom Kane, uh, apologies, yeah. Tom Kane does an amazing job. I just think of Yoda's yeah. Frank Oz, but do not yeah. want to sell Tom Kane and his amazing work, particularly as, uh, as Shadow Yoda. It's absolutely uh, chilling and charming and funny. Uh, but I feel like that what's so great about that uh, next step of his his trial is that he is fighting two things, right? He's fighting everything that the dark side is of, of fear and anger and aggression. But he's also fighting the hubris that he's like, I did that 400 years ago. <laughs> I beat my dark side just fine, right? Um, and when he comes out, the force priestess says, what you face was a reflection of your hubris in the shadow of your soul. So this is really explicitly him re-engaging in an old battle. Like he's mm-hmm. kept his dark side in check before, yeah. but in his hubris, he didn't realize he needs to acknowledge it repeatedly to keep it at bay. And I think in particular, he didn't realize how much he was feeding it by being a part of the clone wars. Right. When, mm-hmm. when uh, dark Yoda dings him by saying he's been living in the decadence of war of like you claim you're just uh saving people and helping people you claim you don't like this uh little choice by choice isn't great but it's for the greater good but what you're really doing is you're indulging me you're feeding me you're you're letting the instinct that combat can fix everything uh grow in you and then you're telling yourself i don't have a dark side i beat it a long time ago and this is just like this this reset of like not only do you always have a dark side and you always have to acknowledge it, it it's gotten a little stronger in you, Yoda, and you have to have the humility to admit it and face it. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's uh, you know, go with me here. It's almost like maybe you uh, start a Jedi school and your nephew has some problems and maybe you for a second have an impulse and then you realize, oh, that problem still exists in me and you need to go deal with it. I don't know. Maybe there's other parts <laughs> of Star Wars that this might uh, connect with. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it is. A constant battle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I love uh, what he eventually says when he does defeat. Uh, at first, he's like, what is this? <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. And then uh, part of me, you are, yes, but power over me, you have not. Uh, through patience and training, it is I who control you. My dark side, you are. Reject you, I do. Uh, reading it uh, plainly, it, it sounds like a really twisted Valentine's Day card. Um and then uh, Serenity says to deny it simply gives it power, which I think connects like to Padme's, you know, wisdom to Anakin to be angry is to be human. Yeah. And so often what Star Wars is saying is, yeah, 
anger, fear, the, the desire to fix things by lashing out, those are natural uh, and you can't ignore them and you shouldn't ignore them. But what you should do is master them so you don't act on them and hurt yourself mm. or others. Yeah, the the we could make a, a Disney, uh, you know, uh, a Pixar film joke of what's the one inside out where there's all the emotions in there. But this 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 episode was really to me really leaned hard into this is all real, like you've just said. I love the use of the Padme quote, but the, the balancing the emotions inside of all of us, and if you, you don't deny fear, it's it's real. You have to face it, and that's even what fear is telling Yoda. And and I, I think that's a great. I mean, this is this is not exactly a kids uh, uh, kid friendly three year old story here. I don't know. Maybe I don't <laughs> no. know. I don't know. It gets a little dark. I remember I was scared in 2014. But the, the the I love that the priestesses represent all things that are real and all things that exist, and they're all here in front of you. And even in you poking you, even you know a couple of times those force priestesses are like, yeah, yeah, right in the face. Uh, I love all that. Um, yeah, even so like he he he'll never succeed. Never succeed. <laughs> and all these things come your way, and 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 um, you're in control of how you respond to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, For the most part in life, you know, maybe some examples here and there uh, and how anger and fear cloud the true solution. So you have to you you can't deny that you have to face it. Yeah. And you have to face that. It's really, really hard to do. And that's what's admirable about being a Jedi. It's Mm -hmm. hard to do and you got to do it all the time. And you can't like like Yoda, like the force priestesses, they get him afterwards. Right. (laughs) You know, deep in your core, you thought we had nothing to teach you. Yeah, you know, in that constant checking in. So he goes through fear, he goes through anger, he goes through hubris, and then in the Valley of Extinction, I think it really is all about attachment, right? And yeah. he, he, it's a, it's a, it's an attachment test. He, he sees the horror of failing the Jedi and seeing having them die. Ahsoka lays a great guilt trip on him. Vision oh, yeah. Ahsoka, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then that great temptation to live in a nice fantasy world of a time that has passed where none of the bad things <laughs> happened. Yeah. You know, it, it that's when the great moment when Yoda is following Dooku and he gets that little look on his face like, this is great. I'm just going to have a Jedi party in the garden. Yeah. <laughs> this is all I want. In uh, the strength it takes to go, uh, it, it it's not real. I, I thought that yeah. was really powerful because it, it wasn't, it was kind of a different look at attachment because it isn't mm. like the Anakin and Padme story, right? Like, like yes. the love of an individual that, that rots and turns into possession of a person. This yeah. was like attachment, not only to people, to Dooku, to the Jedi that were alive again, but attachment to a time that has passed. They make such yeah. a big deal about like, it's, it, this is like it was before the war. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a real like fantasy about going back to the way things were. And I think mm-hmm. it's great that he rejects the attachment, not just to people, but that attachment to uh, this mm. imagined past that was perfect. Oh, uh, this is, yeah, this leads to, I'll keep, I'll keep it to stores as best I can. Uh, this is one of the things that gets me of just, uh, I, I, I love, uh, I love the good old days too. Until you really stop and analyze maybe what was going on in the good old days. I'm not talking about specific issues, everything, but even in your own life and everything, it's mm-hmm. so easy just to, ah, uh, the good old days. This is why, especially over the last couple of years to be direct about it. I have really gone head to head with people in my life who are afraid of the new normal and afraid of that term. And it's not something that we're all celebrating. It's not, it's not that I, I love, you know, you know, worrying if I'm going to catch a virus everywhere I go or something like that. You know what I mean? And you don't want to give in to worry and fear and all these things, but you want to help others. 
all these big ideas, but this idea that you cling to the way it was and not deal with what's in front of you. And there's so this idea that, that, that we've heard so many times from Yoda. Luke's heard it so many times uh, of, of this idea of uh, keep your mind on what you're doing and where you are, right? Not on the horizon, not on the horizon, where you are. And it, it, you could be wrapped up in so much fear clinging to the days of, of past, not wanting to face what might be a new normal, not wanting to go forward and seek seek the, the truth within that. All these kind of big concepts here. And that's, again, why Yoda takes all this. I think what you're talking about, this detachment, sorry as I go off tangent here. No, yeah, that, 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 that attachment you're talking about, you're right. It, it is not the, the, the Anakin stuff as, as direct uh, as it is uh, to me, the, the, the Luke on, on, on Dagobah. I, I, I have to help them. They're my friends. Yoda's having those exact visions. He's watching his friends be killed. Mm-hmm. He's watching them be killed. It directly connects to that. It's directly Yoda speaking from experience in Empire Strikes Back of, uh, you know, destroy everything that they fought for. You might if, if you go race off because he's looking for, I think, binary answers. Yes, no. What do I do? I, you know, he <laughs> wants this. He wants this. Um, the solution. He, he wants information and he's kind of the, the Jedi is during this era, as we've talked about, are so they're so about seeking knowledge, but they don't they don't maybe lack some of the wisdoms that they maybe used to have. And that's yeah. all tied together for me. Uh, I, I think that is very well said. And I think that's what's powerful about how Yoda uh, wins this trial, succeeds at this trial, is um, by calling out a bunch of this sucks. <laughs> My <laughs> Jedi friends are dead and I couldn't stop it. And Dooku, as much as I loved you, kid, you're a traitor. That's reality. And then here's your medal, Yoda. Yeah, <laughs> for acknowledging that your friends are dead and your student betrayed you, um, which is, I think, really connects to this this power of you can't begin to even attempt to fix something unless you fully acknowledge it. And to go to yeah. your real world example, like, yeah, boy, I, I'd love to pretend a pandemic never happened and a million things associated with it. Um, but denying it and rushing back to something that doesn't exist in the same way. It is nowhere near as go is helpful as going. Lots of things have changed. Lots of bad things have happened. Now, are we where are we going to go from here? Which we can only figure out if we're honest about what here and now is. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. And then uh, you know, jumping off from from Empire Strikes Back, we go into that that final trial, which I think really has some great uh, relationship intention with Empire Strikes Back uh, when Yoda is sent uh, to Moribond. Uh, and I think that is really about, you know, he's defeated fear, he's defeated anger and hubris, he has uh, defeated this specific kind of attachment, and he's dealing with the real world. And now uh, he is sent to resist seduction mm-hmm. and master sacrifice. <laughs> yeah. So uh, everything that, that's happening is about temptation, right? Uh, the... On Morband, the the visions of the dark side um, are uh, tempting him to to take easy answers, right? Uh, or tempting him to give in to fear. Uh, but once Sidious really gets involved, know he's there. Uh, basically, what happens is Sidious tempts him to follow the quick, easy, satisfying path of violence. Of like, mm-hmm. come on, Yoda, you're strong. You're just as strong as me. If you chase me, if you if you commit to the only thing that matters is attacking me, executing me, as Yoda says, escape. Not if it comes to it, execute them we must. Mm. <laughs> uh, that's what Sidious is offering, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Yoda, I think this is the moment where Yoda uh, truly 
truly comes back to his senses and where all of the lessons add up to why am I Jedi? Why am I, I a Jedi? Why do yeah. I exist? It is to help and to defend. And it's not attachment to Anakin that's making him save Anakin, right? It's not his fear of losing Anakin. It is in the choice between fighting what we hate and saving what we love, uh, uh, Jedi saves uh, saves what the world love, saves the idea of love. You know, I don't think it's about yep. atta- Yoda's attachment to Anakin. It's about mm-hmm. being forced to choose between lashing out at Sidious or saving someone, right? Um, the way yeah. Sidious says, let him die and you can stop all that I will do. <laughs> yeah. uh, very funny uh, delivery. And mm-hmm. not only does Yoda choose to save rather than to execute him at all costs, uh, the immediate um, choice is, I, Yoda, will save others, but I will sacrifice myself. First, he, you know, endures the pain of just letting Sidious blast him while he saves Anakin, and then, you know, does the lightsaber move to drop them both, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. And that idea of sacrifice Mm -hmm. is so powerful, especially when compared to kind of this seduction of give in to what is easiest and what you want most, cut my bleeping head off or save others and um, take kind of take yourself out of the equation because you're fulfilling who you want to be uh, by helping others. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and jumping to the end of it, I, I was really struck by, uh, he goes through all of this, goes through these trials, goes through this really scary vision, which by the way, I hadn't seen these episodes in a while. And I thought, well, wait a minute. He doesn't face Palpatine until revenge. Oh wait, it's a vision. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but the force priestesses are kind of like, cool. You learned the lesson. So you're all good at your, uh, your, your part in this is uh, to die and then come to this part of the world. And then that's where the ultimate victory will end up being. And, and, and that, that, that's why the title of the episode is Sacrifice, right? At least, at least to me. There, there's three uh, big uh, things here uh, uh, that I, I'm pulling out of what you're saying here that I, I, I connected with here. Just how Yoda along his journey, especially when he gets these visions, he feels he is slash was not strong enough to save people. And he kind of sees that as the only way. And, and it connects with this idea of uh, fighting. So, so in his dream and vision, he cannot get the information Slash the win he wants the information who who is Sidious who is the Dark Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to win the war, which again is not a bad. It's not on the surface. It's not a bad idea, Caddy Monday. It's not a bad idea, um, <laughs> but he can't get that by fighting. And and then Palpatine mm. kind of throws that thing. I love him saying, "You cannot stop what is to come," and that is a weapon he is using. It is no. Um, it's no different than a lightsaber or, or the force lightning. He's saying you cannot stop what is to come, which is instilling this fear in Yoda. And Yoda has to let go of that fear. Maybe I can't stop what is to come in this particular way. The solution will come in another way. Uh, and, and all that's happening in Yoda's head is he's fallen to the ground in his dream, I think. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I think that what is so powerful about this lesson and how it kind of brings the arc back to the Clone Wars is I feel like it's a mini version of the Clone Wars, right? Like mm-hmm. in the big picture, Sidious, a- along with Dooku uh, slash Tyrannus, engineered this whole war, got the the Jedi into a position where, well, we don't want to go against the Republic, and they they made their decisions, and we're not into you know stepping in and you know making different decisions for people. We don't grab power. Uh, this is a Sith Lord who's in charge of the war, and he is hurting people, so we should kind of defend. And these clones do need someone to lead them. They got all these things to slowly get them 
into this war, but then they're just locked in fighting and fighting and fighting, Mm -hmm. growing the power of the dark side. And I think the fact that Yoda's on this kind of spiritual journey, reconnecting with what it means to be a Jedi, what his core beliefs are, and it's so powerful when he's in uh, Morband and and, uh, Sidious is appearing as Sifo-Dyas and trying to kind of trick him in an easy way, and Yoda's like, yeah, nah. And then Mm. Sidious drops him into a vision that is kind of what waking Yoda's fantasy would have been before mm. this journey, right? In end yeah. to the Clone Wars. But mm. look at the way it's it's uh, portrayed. It's bathed in red. He goes from yes. his spiritual journey into being bathed with red. Here's the clones. Here's Anakin. It's all, and it's all the march to war. And it's not in a flowing organic place. Mm. It's in this dark, rotted, you know, uh, metal, rigid place that this uh, fight is happening and it's the Clone Wars in this just brutal simplicity where Sidious is trying to get Yoda to just continue fighting at all costs. And in this vision, in this stripped-down version of it, Yoda resists the bait, and I think that gives him the clarity to go, this whole thing was, uh, I got pushed into fighting instead of resisting the bait. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, now I wish you uh, I wish you had told me this in 2014 where I was uh, <laughs> again. What I like these episodes. I just was like, what am I missing? Why is this the end? And it is. I think it's three episodes of here's what the Clone Wars has done and here's what we need to learn. And here's how you get through it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I love everything you're saying is like a lot of what Yoda's goals are of like find out who Sidious is. Uh, uh, yeah. Stop the Sith Lord. Those are all good goals. But it goes back to this Star Wars idea of like what you do matters, but also how you do it and why you do it. Right. And yep. what you compromise. And I think that's what it's really about is uh, Sidious is trying to make it that, you know, you, you want this, don't it's, you want this, don't you <laughs> With Luke and <laughs> yes. the lightsaber, like don't want something so bad that you're willing to compromise yourself to get it. And I think that's kind of like Yoda. That's what Yoda gets of like, I compromised myself yeah. in order to do this. And because of that, I'm not going to get what I want. The Sith mm-hmm. Lord got what he want. Everybody's been fighting for years and just increasing the power of the dark side. Yeah, absolutely. Playing into the Phantom Menace of it all. Uh, and um, yeah, I put down this note of, uh, you know, in, in, in kind of the, the theme of, of the larger story perspective of Star Wars, this idea of the small compromises leading the Jedi toward this this big end, which is their end. And, and mm-hmm. this is something we've been dealing with. And, and again, yeah, I always, I always make sure I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. It's maybe it is the baseball coach, me, Joseph, trying to defend uh, Caddy Monday or Mace. And sometimes with some of their approaches, I think they're all asking the good questions. I think they're asking the questions you, 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 you would naturally want to ask. Or again, even Caddy, he, I think he's completely answering or coming up with ideas and everything he's talking about is, is coming from a place of fear. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's okay. So I always want to clar- clar- clarify that. But I think back in 2014, I'm looking more at Kiati Monday going, well, you, you, you know, maybe he's right. Uh, and, 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 and this is the idea of, of um, Star Wars wants you to ask why. And, and it is not that it's not, it's not that it, Star Wars isn't concerned with the action, the plot, the story, the Clone Wars. It is this big lesson that all leads towards hope. Every property of it every story leads towards hope and this this one is just this big analysis of of that and 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 another big theme for me of just hope always exists it always exists but you have to be open uh, uh to how to find it you know yeah 
And I think the way it connects to Empire Strikes Back is I think somebody could look at this and go like, well, if Yoda's all about, you know, saving people above all else, why does he not want Luke to go save his friends, you know? Uh, but I think it's about manipulation, right? It yeah, is yeah. about the fact that Han and Leia are being tortured so that Luke can get what he wants. He can run off and he can cut the bad guy's head off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And Yoda wants him to face Vader. Yoda wants him to stop Vader in some way. That's the whole hope. But it's yeah. the when and the how and the why and what's in Luke's heart. Is Luke in balance? Does Luke know what fight he's in? And the reason Yoda doesn't want him to go is because Luke doesn't have clarity. He doesn't understand yeah. the fight he's in. He thinks it's a simple black and white. I'm going to kill the bad guy and I'm going to get another medal <laughs> yeah. and everything will be great, period. And Yoda knows that's not that game because he's lived through that complexity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. Sorry, no, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and, and you know, I mean, it's pretty, um, it's pretty, uh, you know, vibrant. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty clear vision at that point of of Mace dying and Shakti uh, mm -hmm. uh, dying and everyone else. And you know, and if compared to, uh, uh, we got the other, we got Dom McLean singing the went to a Jedi party and Yoda's walking in every time, <laughs> sweet old time, you know. <laughs> Everyone was there, and 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 you, without a doubt, you're going to want to rush off and save your buddy Mace, and, I, and that's why again he's speaking from great experience with Luke. And I got to tell you, you know, this is where it's so complex, but it's so simple. And and I love going on this journey, and I, I say this as a just confession uh, to all of you listening. Of like in 2014, I, I didn't pick up on much of this connecting to um, the spirit of the Dagobah scene, the details mm -hmm. and the lore. Of course, I did. It's pretty clear there, but it's so simple that it's like, it's Yoda going, man, I just went through this stuff. This is, I'm learning some things and I need to pass this forward. This is why he doesn't tell uh, Luke, oh, wars make everyone great. This <laughs> is the opposite. And, and I think that's what's just so valuable. And that's why it's the heart of Star Wars. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for me, an, uh, another element I like is that it's a great bookend with the beginning of the Clone Wars for Yoda in Attack of the Clones, mm -hmm. where he's, he finds himself in another uh, dark, depressing, you know, uh, rigid mechanical type space <laughs> mm -hmm. fighting Dooku and Dooku uses the same choice. You can maybe stop the Clone Wars by, you know, cutting my head off or you can save your friends. Yeah. And Yoda makes that choice to preserve life over being desperate uh, to end the battle. And you can have that discussion of like, should he have let those two die in order to, you know, fulfill this greater purpose? And, you know, I think there's lots of, a uh, Jedi debate to be had about that. But I, the, the feeling I like is like at the beginning of the war, Yoda was clear on, I preserve life. That's my number one thing I do. Um, and then there's a sense that if you, if that happened again, would the Yoda that toward the end of the clone wars have made that choice or would he have <laughs> let his friends die because his, his need was to cut the head off the beast and end the wars was he yeah. so compelled by that and i feel like that's what is like he's been getting a little darker right like he's saying like hey truth came out like this last episode when they're like hey we can't yeah. tell anybody about the clone wars there's only one way like that's yoda's getting rigid he's covering things up and mm -hmm. this is that moment where he steps back and goes ah i got i gotta stay true to who i was yeah who i am absolutely when you when you're going forward uh, and, and the path is not clear you need to use uh trust over fear and i love that these episodes pretty claim plainly state evil is fear yep 
uh, pretty clear about that the Clone Wars were a tool to increase the power of the dark side too. When mm-hmm. Yoda comes out of that Dagobah cave and is like, so much evil, and is this going to happen? And Qui-Gon is, says, it is happening right now. It has yeah. always been happening. With each day the Clone Wars wages, evil is growing in its power. Uh, that is crystal clear. Crystal clear from Qui-Gon Jinn. Um, one other th- sort of theme subplot that I did really like is, uh, you've touched on it with Kiati Mundi, I think he is uh, consumed with doubt and mistrust, but there is this um, focus on the connection between Yoda and Dooku, which we don't get yeah. much storytelling about. And I really like that it's here. Uh, mm-hmm. Kiati Mundi is on that on that line between being legitimately concerned and just deeply suspicious, right? It's almost yes. a little bit of like Sith scare is passing through the Jedi Temple of like, mm-hmm. well, you trained him. So I'm not saying you're dark, but... <laughs> Maybe he's got, maybe he can get into your mind. Maybe the Sith Lord can get into your mind and like, he's got no evidence. He's just on it. You know, uh, you're hundred percent right. Again, sorry, Kiati. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry about, about you and the, and the droid attack and the Wookiees. I'm sorry we're picking on you here, but like, <laughs> yeah, it, it's that like, well, what do you, what are you hiding Kiati? If the first thing you're going is like, Hey, we might have a spy here. Have we talked to him? Have we considered Yoda? Is the option if you consider Yoda, which again, yeah, on the surface, I'm okay with the question being asked, but Star Wars wants to analyze why is the question being asked, and that's the lesson of Kiati here to me, yeah. And then, and then we get you know the great beat that we talked about in that second episode where Yoda is almost seduced by a vision of of Dooku having not fallen, it's mm-hmm. heartbreaking, and you are reminded of their connection. And then, in a way, Kiati Mundi's paranoia is rewarded by Sidious because Sidious ultimately can attack Yoda on Moraband because of Yoda's connection to Dooku. He needs his blood, and, and Sidious says, only the presence of someone significant to you would allow you to sense this ripple through time and space. So I guess justice for Kiati? <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it on on some level to defend my, my guy Kiati. I, I don't really have a connection to Kiati, everyone. Sorry. No, no, it's just that it's just that he is operating so from fear. And when the thing that he feared happening, actually happening of Sidious, the Sith Lord, using Yoda's connection to Dooku to make Yoda vulnerable. When it does happen, uh, Yoda comes out with flying colors. Yes. Yes. Uh, What are any other uh, thoughts you have on themes on how these reflect the bigger picture of Star Wars? Where else do you go? Just two, two, two little ones. That's all I got, Joseph. Just two little ones (laughs) on 16 pages of notes. But. I uh, know to kind of wrap up some of my bigger thoughts on here of just um, what, what's present in these episodes that connects to the larger uh, story of Star Wars is, is to me this balance of light and dark, of, of life and death, something that's there. I think the Force Priestesses work that way uh, for me in, in, in a bit of a storytelling advice and just you can kind of see it. It's kind of present there. They're talking about it. They, the cosmic, the living, these big kind of concepts that it's easy to go. All right, George, what you got up there? What's going on up there in, uh, you know, in, in, uh, in Modesto? What you, what you, what you looking at? Uh, what, what you puffing? He's got a lot of deep thoughts, right? <laughs> you could, I remember 2014 going, I don't know. Uh, he said many chlorians. I'm supposed to not like that, but I love that they talk about it. I love that they're talking about the balance and the connection, the symbiotic nature. I love that they kind of even say, you know, your science calls them many chlorians in a way I'm paraphrasing, but there's kind of this like, yeah. Yes, we understand there's a scientific explanation that you've all maybe grasped, uh, uh, grabbed onto and, 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 and taken a big, uh, you know, just a handhold of. But like it's be- it's more than that is this balance. And and that kind of comes through for this. Uh, and then this big one, because, again, these are the final three episodes of Clone Wars at the time. There's just no th- no thoughts in our brains that we'd get more of them, um, at, at least in mine. And so if fear 
evil is fear. How do you achieve victory for all time? You defeat fear. And that's kind of the big doubt, the big beat at the end of this episode. Um, and I absolutely love that and, and, and found some inspiration in that. Absolutely. Uh, I went to the same places. I, I think that the Force Priestesses are a great uh, different view on this idea that's kind of everywhere in Star Wars about uh, duality, but also about the the union between the individual and the group of celebrating individuality, um, yet also celebrating uh, symbiosis that all individuals are connected and therefore one. Just the Force mm-hmm. Priestesses themselves, when they, uh, they obviously... Uh, have uh, are very different. They represent mm-hmm. these different states of emotions, which are natural, uh, but yeah. need to be mastered. And at one point, they come together and say, "We are one, and one is all." Um, they give lots of great uh, descriptions of how everything works, but in particular, this one jumped out to me: of when a living thing dies, all is removed. Life passes from the living force to the cosmic force and becomes one with it. One powers the other. One is renewed by the other that is just another image of things being uh, all connected cyclical everything helping uh everybody helping one another uh to from a certain point of view <laughs> so i yeah. really loved everything going on uh going on with them um and i always forget just the the uh straight up lore that yes they are they are pioneers of this tactic that's yeah they are either uh five living beings or one living being shattered into their various states. Uh, but uh, they are somebody who lived and then died and uh, retains their identity in order to train others. Yeah. I, which made me just think we'd talk even more canon connections, but I would yeah. love to get a, a story of uh, a prime Jedi sitting on Octo with uh, the force priestess. <laughs> yeah, no, that would be great. Yeah. And then the other thing, big picture that I think really attaches to what you're saying, you know, if this is a light side manual and Yoda reconnected to his roots by uh, really pushing past fear, anger, hubris, uh, the dark side of attachment, uh, resisting seduction, mastering sacrifice, a lot of that boils down to what we talk about a lot of uh, choosing hope over fear. And I thought that really came clear in the little bit of kind of Sith lore we get, right? That they fear uh, losing their power. Uh, They don't want to let go. So uh, the physical world is everything to them. Yeah. And and if you take one step out from that, what is that? That is a rejection of hope that there could be anything else, right? And that's the journey Yoda's going through. Even the Jedi are like, Oh, of course, there is, there is, you know, an, another realm, uh, but you're never going to be conscious in it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and all of this for Yoda is hope that there is a path forward. Um, probably the scariest thing I've ever heard in Star Wars, the thing that I, I if I was ever a parent, would be like, ah, I'm going to wait on that, <laughs> mm. is when the dark side spirits say to Yoda, there is no life after death. Only nothingness awaits you, Jedi. You will die and be nothing. <laughs> it's so dark it's so bleak but it's about fear right and when yoda gives his wonderful little speech at the end Mm -hmm. talking about you know you kind of never win a war at all Mm -hmm. uh you lose once you start fighting and he says yet open to us a path remains that unknown to the sith is through this path, victory may, we may yet find not victory in the Clone Wars, but victory for all time. And as you said, I think that's a victory of uh, rejecting fear and focusing on hope, unlike the Sith. Yeah, 
and, and having to do it time and time again. Yeah, I love all the stuff. Love the stuff with Bane. I love that you, you mentioned about that the line of of uh, captivated captivated by the physical realm the Sith are, uh, mm. and and how that uh, this idea of of you know Jedi can achieve immortality is what's being put here, uh, which is what the Sith really want, right? But the Jedi mm-hmm. achieve it by letting go of all of it again. Why would you you use a, a Sith Lord in a in a film to bring it back? There's a lot of debate over. It. Cool, great. Beaumont can have some answers for you, whether you want to believe it or not. But it's the why of that moment. It is just saying the Sith never want to let go of this physical world. They can't move on. And 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 that is uh, that is their big fear that they fail to defeat time and time again. And then they want to weaponize that fear. Yeah, and it is, it is just kind of nihilism. It's just the the, the Sith are just like, no, you can't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> That's never going to work out. <laughs> and look, none of it's easy. None of this is supposed to be easy, no. right? But I, I do love that Bane's like, are you afraid of me? No. What? Ah! <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> yeah, that's all I got. I got bluster. I got fear. If you're not buying it, I'm defeated. And, and for me, it just, it, it connects back to like, the first film, right? I, I spent a lot of this uh, toward the end uh, thinking about Darth Vader's confused foot stomping on Obi-Wan's robes of just like, yeah. but, but how, how can there, uh, but, but I'm, I'm more powerful and I cut him. <laughs> yeah. But the hell's going on, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. We are gonna, unless you have any other big thoughts, we're going to take a break and we'll get into some of the other great details, including a lot of interesting canon and lore stuff. Anything else? Let's go forward with hope in our eyes. Excellent. We will be back with hope in a moment. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. And we are back to continue our discussion of Yoda learning the great secrets. Uh, We are going to talk some of the fun action moments, some of the uh, whimsy, weird comedy moments, but also a lot of canon stuff. So, Ken, for action moments, um, there's kind of uh, there is kind of some big action. Why don't you just take me through your list all the way and we'll see if you knock some of mine off. (laughs) Yeah, it, 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 it's short, but it's not that these uh, episodes don't have some action in there. So I'll, I'll start with the most um, important action, and that is Opo Rancisis walking away. <laughs> it's I never had concentrated on him slithering away, just hanging out with Ayla Sakura, Sakura and uh, Illuminari and Unduli. It's, it's a great little, great little beat, just hanging out, walking day at, day at the office. I'm telling y'all, watch it. It is just a bunch of of a wonderful animation of him walking away. So I'm counting that as uh, as action as well. They made the most out of their their Oppo model. They got there at the end. Yeah. What else yeah. you got? Uh, I actually got to say the group meditation was pretty awesome. It's a great sequence. It's done in the center spire. I love uh, the time pass and the rotation, as you said in the summary. I thought that was a powerful action. It's a big action for the Jedi. We're going to solve this by connection and, and meditating, ruminating on, on, on what the solution might be, or we're trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. I, I love that too, but I, I put it in my comedy whimsy and weirdness because it, I agree with you. It's action, but it's, it's such a different shot for star Wars. Like, you know, star Wars only very rarely has any sort of uh slow down or speed up. Right. <laughs> so this uh, montage of like, they meditated hard for a long time, an entire day. (laughs) And I I thought it was beautiful and great. And then I also had like this picture of like Jedi aides or interns being like, you've got like 18 calls from Bail Organa and none of you are answering. (laughs) It's just Bail's like, what's going on? Is anyone here? I think they're in the center spire. Oh, we don't, oh, we don't bother them when they're in the center. Did they set their out of office hollow message or? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. What else you got? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so I, I, I jump ahead to some of the fighting. Just uh, Yoda versus Dark Yoda. Dark Yoda punching uh, Yoda up a few flights of stairs, so to speak, a, a lot was uh, fun. But then the, there's a series of punches. It is almost like <laughs> you're jamming on the X button and, and trying to get a fighting combo where he's just like, boom, 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 and he's just punching <laughs> the crap out of Yoda. He's um, just working the bag, he's right? Working work in the bag and I, I i really uh i forgot a lot of those little details of the fight yeah that that was one of mine too that whole thing is great and powerful and yoda's big push away and his his ultimate like i'm gonna just grab you and and you know 
dissolve you because yeah. I've mastered you. But that was the one I put it because it's it's so painful. You love Yoda and the look on his face. Look, oh, that was that was right in his kidney. Look, <laughs> it really look was. you know. Yeah, so there's that, and then Jeff had to yeah the the, the Palpatine uh, Yoda fight, and I'm not I'm not joking, folks. Like I, I I it's been a few years, and the sequence starts, and I'm like, wait, no, I can't wait. Wait a minute, I'm like, oh, I had that like immediate like lore based YouTuber reaction. I was like, they, they no, no, they don't meet till the revenge. <laughs> like my little green friend, they don't fight till then. And then I of course felt foolish, but that whole sequence was. You're, you you kind of said it too. It is kind of Clone Wars at its purest form. You got clones and the pew 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 and the Sith Lords and the Jedi. It was a pretty good sequence there. Um, so one of the little details I loved uh, and that they really captured great little action. Just animated Palpatine's lightsaber style really matches what they got going on uh, in Revenge of the Sith. His cuts is the, the way he pokes and moves and and even the like. Uh, I really thought they did a great job with that. Yeah, yeah, no, that was absolutely great. Uh, anything else on your list? Uh, Yoda throwing a saber to cut off the bridge. I love, I love a good saber <laughs> throw. All right. right, it was so great, and it was so like casual. He's like, it'll go where it needs to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, for me, uh, I, I in in the in the first cave vision, the the shocked he being stabbed is just you know, yes. if you're into the kind of behind the scenes lore, the all the numerous different ways that Shakti has died. <laughs> yes. Constantly. Either that's been shot and haven't been canon or, uh, you know, mm-hmm. all that stuff. So to just, to see it on screen, the many deaths of Shakti and it's painful, it's brutal. It's from behind and with a blue blade and like, what? Yeah. Um, yeah. The, and then, yeah, the, the, the montage of brutal Yoda punches from shadow Yoda is definitely up there. Uh, but then in that big final battle, that is like, it's the clone wars, but framing it in a, Oh wow. Maybe yeah. all of this was the wrong fight or the wrong way to fight or fighting for the wrong reasons. It, it allows it to be just so brutal. Uh, Dooku's just multiple Sith lightning strike that takes out all of the clones, oh. including Rex, and they're just on the floor yeah. <laughs> with the lightning still buzzing between them. It is like one of those cool, oh no, awful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great. Oh, wait, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 And then there's so much going on in that that fight. I love the the moment where for just a second it's Yoda and Anakin against Sidious, and it's such it's so yeah. bittersweet of like, oh, if it could have been, you know? Yeah. Uh so that that just it's very short. Uh but because then uh, Sidious gets the drop on him. Uh, but one of the moments that I really loved is uh, when Sidious's lightsaber pops up from underneath the railing. It's oh, a yeah. total horror movie moment. And then it's just, it's it's cool action, but it is also like, oh, you thought you beat me, but I'm actually underneath the structure taking out the support of it. It's like, <laughs> yeah, great, great uh, visual yeah. analogy and yeah. way to act it all out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, my that. final one was Yoda throwing his blade. It's it's so great, and it's like it's such a great uh, way to follow up. They're like, you know, I am I am now clear that uh, stopping you is important, but not at the sake of everything. I'm willing to sacrifice myself, though. So you and I are going on a trip. <laughs> We're fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. Uh, let's talk about moments of comedy, whimsy, and weirdness. Then uh, take me through your list. I only ended up writing on three, but there was a lot of little beats here. Uh, we we talked about the, some of them earlier, but I love up top uh, after he's already got the vision from Quagga and Yoda being distracted during a business meeting. <laughs> Just me, every meeting I've ever been in. How huh, what? what? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We'll put we'll put some guards there. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, I, lo- I absolutely loved everything about that. Yeah, that was really good. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, feel free to continue. Uh, uh, the one with uh, when he seeks out Anakin and his Anakin walks away. I just liked Anakin saying, I hope I don't regret this, which is <laughs> one of the only times maybe Anakin's had some pause for some of his impulsive actions. Uh, and the final one for the Force Priestess is uh, one of them says, disappoint us not, little green one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know if that's nice, but yeah, yeah. There's a lot of commentary on on Yoda being little and green, and yeah. I don't know if he always appreciates it. Yeah. Uh, I had a couple more. Uh, I'll go through them quickly. I really like right at the beginning. Um, I I had forgot that Yoda is in meditation because he's like, I got to get mm-hmm. to the bottom of this Sifo-Dyas thing. We might not be able to tell the 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 public the truth, but we need to know what's going on. Um, it, I f- always forget that when Qui Gon first comes to him, he also is like, uh. In order to prove I'm real, I'm going to be a friendly poltergeist and shake your furniture. Yeah. <laughs> it's so oh, just like can. standard uh, friendly ghost, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or so disco- not so friendly ghost. Yeah, Discovery plus ghost hunter show right there. It yeah. absolutely is. Our uh, we- going off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great video to cut together. Like, yes, Qui-Gon's powerful. Dude. Uh I- I do like we talked about that them being like, could this just be Yoda finally feels stress? Yeah. <laughs> and in particular, in this Obi-Wan line of the war has taxed us all to our limit. I suppose we're just surprised that Master Yoda has one. Yeah. Right. Right. It's so true. It's so great. It's yeah. so great and so understandable. Um I like how playful Yoda is when he asks for Anakin's help. He starts this conversation by saying, friends, we are. Hmm? Yeah. <laughs> and it don't, you don't get the vibe that, that Anakin got to see that side of Yoda. He probably didn't get, he didn't get to train with him like the way a lot of the other kids probably did as much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, this reminds me, going back to teacher analogy, when I was uh, my favorite art teacher in high school, I, uh, I then became his a teacher's assistant. And one of the first days he goes, hey, let's go in the car. Let's go get some McDonald's. Just like, whoa. <laughs> like, come on, we're friends now, right? Yeah. The whole thing does have that vibe of like, oh, okay, this is weird, but okay. <laughs> All right. Um a couple things once Yoda goes on his journey. I, I do just love that shot uh when he uh wakes up in the strange realm and he is on his back and his eyes are wide, and it's it really does look like Yoda is starring in a sequel of the hangover of like what happened? Where am I? What did I do last night? Absolutely love that. Uh, yeah, Tiger in the bathroom. Yeah, or yeah, a little bit of a Yoda's bad trip. Just some Hendrix starts playing. You know, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then yeah, can't ignore the weirdness of Shadow Yoda, especially in you know 2014. You know, a full yeah. decade after uh, Lord of the Rings. After that, interpretation mm-hmm. of Gollum had become so. Uh, famous to have Shadow Yoda speak in that cadence of Yoda hates me. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it really cracked me up. I know you're a big Lord of the Rings fan. How do you feel yeah. about that? Uh, I, I think it uh, it works because it kind of just conveys uh, kind of the same stuff. You know, it's, it's, it's a purpose. This is fantasy after all. I mean, like I said, I, you know, the, the, even the, 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 the moral of the second episode, death is just the beginning. I'm like, great. Now I've got to watch return of the King today. Uh, just to hear some Gandalf talking about the same thing. So I think it connects. I think it's fun. I think it's a, I think it's a tip of the cap, but also an effective use of something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, final one for me. I, I do like in the fantasy uh, where everything is great, uh, where Obi-Wan says, Master Dooku is just telling us a story of when he was your Padawan. Really? Quite a humorous story. 
<laughs> There's just something about it that he's uh, he's surprised that it's a humorous yeah. story. Like, hey, it's a pretty good, pretty good one, Dooku. Good, pretty good one. Uh, yeah, it. not bad, not bad at all. All right, we will move on to canon uh, lore in connection to other stories because there's there's kind of a lot revealed here. We'll try to keep it moving. Uh, I wanted to first talk, Ken, just about um, all the revelations about four spirits and how they work. I realize I think a lot about four spirit stuff. It is peppered throughout other different uh, canon books, uh, Lucas yeah. interviews, uh, the uh, things that one can intuit uh, from the main films if, if they choose to uh, intuit them that way. But this is where a lot of just the hardcore, this is how it works stuff comes from. How did you, I'll, I'll go through some of the beats of it, but first I just want to sure. ask you how you feel about that. Um, I, I, Always love, as, as you all know, if you listen, I love to boil it down just to simple, you know, simple kind of uh, information for me to digest. And it's this idea of, yeah, there's this whole path to it, but really it is about letting go and letting go on a complete level and letting go of all that you know about yourself. So that's now my answer to how these Jedi are doing it and how Qui-Gon, uh, someone who was always open to going outside of the margins and seeing if that's the better way without leaving mm -hmm. the order, without without uh, forsaking all that he he feels he is and should be. He just wants to see what is the best way forward. Uh, and so that makes sense for me, for to, especially now more than ever, that he would be the one that would kind of break through, not to take anything away from the Force Priestess back in the day there, of course, but that he would be the one and then the, the, it, would, it would pass on to Yoda. Uh, it makes a lot of sense to me. And, and so they're, they're all of, and I want to hear the beats. I want to hear all the details. But at the end of the day, I just go to that. It is about completely letting go. And then once you give up this, let go of this, you're going to move on to what's next. Yeah, no, I really agree with you. I think that is the, in some ways, the most important thing to hold on to. Um, I think there are specific ideas and beats within it that I really like because I think they translate yeah. so well to other parts of Star Wars storytelling. Uh, I really like the moment where the Serenity Priestess asks Yoda, do you come to us with only good intentions in light in your heart? And he's like, of course. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So this isn't anything you can game. You know, this yeah. is truly looking at yourself and truly saying, I'm not doing this for myself, right? That's like that's a road to letting go because it's not like, yeah, you know, I, I am willing to die, um, but I do want to maintain my identity uh, so I can watch uh, how this next sports game or this next movie <laughs> turns out, right? There's, yeah, it's it's about why are you doing this? That's the beginning. Yes. Is it with yes. good intentions or with light in your heart? Is it so that you can later help somebody else? Yes. If not, the door shut. Yeah, and 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 something you just said there, just really, uh, you know, uh, it, how how it isn't, um, it is not a power move, right? It isn't, it isn't what you what you learn. It is what you already are, and maybe learn from there. You know, you know, maybe I'm not making sense, but it would be like I think for years, especially again when Qui when Qui Gon doesn't go, and we were talking about that on chat forums and early days of discussion of Star Wars and Phantom Menace time. And how it would remember, it was also kind of pointed out as a plot point problem, right? Well, why doesn't Qui-Gon disappear? <laughs> and George kind of going, hey, hey, I have some thoughts on that. And then, you know, that uh, I have thoughts on that. And Aura Singh is going to be in every eight minute of Star Wars. Don't you worry. And then Attack of the Clones comes and, and, and we're all like, what happened? So to get that, because I spent many years wondering, yeah, how do you get that power? How do you mm -hmm. how do you learn that? How do you get that bonus to your character on your page here? And it is nothing about that. It is it is the exact opposite is what this episode these episodes are saying. 
Yeah, exactly. And I, and I think a couple of the other points where it underlines that is it, it really underlines that the purpose of seeking this is to commune with the living. Um, Qui-Gon mm-hmm. says, uh, you will learn to preserve your life force and so manifest a consciousness which will allow you to commune with the living after death. It isn't. It, we'll learn all this as secrets or <laughs> we'll be able yeah. to, you know, use this power to get them. It is about yeah. helping others uh, to be there for others, uh, which I think is a part of the whole good intentions, lighten your heart. Why are you doing this? Um, being clear on, on who you are uh, and, and letting go of maybe what you need or want. It is about being there for others. And the reason that this is really accelerating now with Qui-Gon looking into it, discovering the Force priestesses, uh, uh, reaching out to Yoda is this is a, a really a way to uh, look forward to a dark time and make sure that light survives. Mm. Yeah. Uh, well said. Yeah. And yeah. again, again, why, why, why do you come here? Why do you want to use this power? Well, what's it for? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there's just for, for me that, that fun, you get into some of these debates we've always had. Uh, I feel like this uh, uses fantasy and spirituality to address the practical issue uh, that Qui-Gon, uh, well, the four spirits exist where there's no future or past and can only show the living where answers will be found. And they are aware of many outcomes and can kind of nudge you toward an outcome, but you still need to choose. Uh, Explicitly, uh, Qui-Gon says, I exist where there is no future or past. Uh, He explicitly says there can be many outcomes, but your path is clear, Yoda. You have been chosen as I was before you. So he is nudging Yoda towards this, but Yoda still needs to make this choice and do it himself. And I think that really gets into some of the things that over the years, like, well, why doesn't the four spirit just show up and kick so-and-so's ass? Or why doesn't the, you know, the four spirit just tell Luke, this is how to solve your problem. Why doesn't Luke just tell Ray, you know, Mm -hmm. here's exactly how to use these two sabers or here's exactly what's going to happen. I think it's because they have this entirely different perspective. They are sort of unknowable, but at least part of it is uh, they exist not in a linear way at that point. They are aware of Everything that ever has been, could be, might be, see many paths, maybe even sometimes miss a path. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all they can really do is give encouragement and go like, hey, I see you're suffering. I think if you head over there, you might find your way through, but it's your way to find. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, yeah, gosh, I, I'm thinking of, you know, that great Qui-Gon Obi-Wan short story from, from a certain point of view where Qui-Gon is speaking to Obi-Wan knowing that his time is limited here and he can't really say it. He can't really say it. He's not here for that. He just knows his buddy's going to have to discover all this. Yeah. Yeah. For himself. For himself. Yeah. yeah. For himself. Yeah. And then to me, that gets into some of the great philosophy they have here about the balance between the cosmic force and the living force. And it's like, to me, it's like a sort of respect for the living force, the people on that plane, they, they decide, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they take the actions. We can help them. We can advise them. Um, but yeah. they ultimately act. Um, final thing for me is that sacrifice is a powerful component. Obviously to accept your death and to let go is a form of sacrifice of the self, right? I will exist on in this other way, but in service of others, um, that idea of sacrifice translates to a lot of the literal deaths, the death acts Mm. of uh, characters that we've seen become four spirits. You know, Obi-Wan willingly putting up his blade and sacrificing himself to Vader 
uh, to help the rest escape. Um, Anakin sacrificing himself to save uh, Luke. Luke pouring all of that energy into the force projection on Crate uh, to save others. Ben Solo literally giving his uh, life force to Rey. Almost all of their final moments are a, a form of actual sacrifice. Mm. Like that is a part of this last step of letting go. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. I got nothing to tag on that one there other than, uh, you know, those are, those are wonderful examples. Uh, and, you know, and, and even, even Yoda, uh, his, uh, his, his, I don't know. I think the end, even the end of his life is, is, uh, has long been a sacrifice, sacrifice, uh, uh about, uh, given so much up to, to Luke for the, for his fight for the next generation. Yeah. He has been in service of others, training mm-hmm. others for a very, very long time. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts about the four spirits before we move on? Uh, no, it, it just begs a, a, a reexamination uh, constantly again. And, and the why of it and the why of force ghosts and, and how some other um, desired uses of force ghosts don't, don't align with uh, what I take from uh, the lessons in these episodes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so then we wanted to look at some of the places we visit. Uh, the Wellspring of Life planet. Uh, Qui-Gon says you will travel to one of the origins of all life in the galaxy. Uh, the Serenity Priestess tells Yoda that this realm is the birthplace of what you saw in Skull's midi-chlorians, the foundation of what connects the living force with the cosmic force. Um, it is a weird, fun, bizarre world that looks like it is difficult to access. Uh, I think the, the way I see it is it seems like, well, some things are physically real and some are more a ethereal realm of, uh, of imagination. Uh, definitely has a connection to Mortis in the design of that, that one room. Yeah. Uh, connection to Dagobah, maybe even to a place like Agent Kloss that is also strong in the Force. What, what are your reaction, reactions to this place? Do you like it? Do you feel like it fits? Where do you go? I, I absolutely think I, I like it now and, and maybe struggled with this and things like Mortis early on. Uh, um, why? I don't know. I love this stuff. I always love the Mortis arc, but it just kind of I always do that test of, you know, when Luke's walking around on Tatooine and New Hope, you're telling me these planets exist out there. And sometimes those are big <laughs> leaps to take as a Star Wars fan, uh, especially again. So, yeah, just, sorry, sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, I mean, I think I love the, the the fantasy design of them, but yeah, I mean, it is it is a aesthetic growth, right? To go from Tatooine yeah. to Cantina and go like, and now imagine a little green guy just bouncing on mystic mushrooms like he's Mario. <laughs> That's part of Star Wars too. Yeah, but it, and, and again, you know, New Hope is that you know for, for my generation uh, and for so many others, it establishes this really grimy, dirty, lived-in world in, in which our story starts to. to take place and play out from and and so this goes into something else that goes into the space whales of it all uh even the puffer pigs all these things i've uh you know joked or, or had serious issues with in the past and now i just kind of see it all a little differently and and i i think in a lot of ways i'm r2 in this arc <laughs> kind of just at <laughs> a ship going what is this where am i i'll just stay here okay yeah, I can't. Uh, my sensors are useless here because half of it's real, half of it just grew, yeah. then it died, then that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a place of imagination. Oh no, that's okay. All right. Yep. Well, What's happening? I'll pick you up when you're done, Yoda. Yeah, and, and all this even includes, uh, you know, world between worlds, uh, mm-hmm. uh, loath wolves. Maybe. Yeah, there's there's bigger things at play that are just kind of fun. And and I know you and I uh, love talking, and you love celebrating kind of the wild and weird of Star Wars. And I think I've come along in that journey much much more than i did in the past and so uh, i didn't uh i think i always like again i was always kind of confused and intrigued by these episodes and these locations and was kind of like well i don't have to deal with it again i can just go fight on hoth 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I I think I really like the way that this that specific kind of aesthetic was expanded in the Clone Wars between uh, Mortis and the look of this wellspring place, and yeah, then the world between worlds, and it kind of established a little bit of a visual language. Uh, many, many different elements uh, of a visual language for these places that are intersections between the real corporeal dirty world of, of Tatooine and the snow of Hoth with these places that kind of verge into their cosmic. They are partially real, but they are much more of a luminous space than a this crude matter space. Yeah, 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 that works for me. Uh, moving on, then, we go to a place that is real and scary, Moraband. Uh, of course, it was introduced in EU comics as Korriban, uh, the public homeworld of the Sith. Uh, Lucas changed the name, wanted to use Korriban, but changed the name. And then in the trivia gallery, uh, it clarified that uh, Korriban was maybe its ancient name. Certainly a planet this old must have gone by many names. <laughs> I believe the trivia gallery says something along those lines. <laughs> so yeah. uh what do you think of the planet Morband and how do you feel about uh the the, the great uh the classic George Lucas? Yeah, I'm gonna change that. Well, so if I I remember that I had a friend who was really upset back then when that this change happened. Um uh, but it's like yeah, you because know, again, Clone Wars, this is in the Disney era, technically, uh when these episodes are released. Uh, so I've loved it because I think part of the reason I, I, I heard maybe this is not fact, but that George was like, eh, Korriban, too close to Coruscant. Let's change it up again. Go, go to Morban. But now I get Malachor and Morban confused all the time. <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm happy with it. I love it. And look, again, you know, if you want to tip your cap to legends, you can always have fun with that. Hey, different uh, different uh, name in the stories. Uh, used to be known as, known as this. They had a rebranding. They went through. They got hired a new PR person. They changed things. I, I can totally live with those headcanons. I do love the world i am fascinated by some of that stuff not that I, i'm fascinated in, in, in sith lore and learning more trying to learn more about sith but just uh, it is it is the big evil in star wars and that they would have these lands and these um the evil that lives on them there that it, i think it's needed in stars it is also why i love exegol I, I really do love exegol i love the look i love the visual of it i love the going into the into the pit of hades itself it all kind of works for me in, in, in line with yeah, I, I'm in agreement with so much of that. I'm really glad they ha- had a different name for Exegol. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> yep. that wasn't an, an M, you know, root word of death, yeah. uh, you know, Moraband, uh, Malachor. See, I even had to stop and think about it. Yeah, right, um, yeah, yeah. And I like the idea that connects all of them that, yeah, the, the, these worlds is rot. Um, and, and I like what I know of Moraband. Uh, I know a little bit of the EU. I'm not a super expert, but I do like that it is this place where a lot of the wars were fought and it's yeah. ravaged by all this activity. And th- I remember in 2014 thinking that one of the coolest things is the idea of this uh, Valley of the Sith Lords. Mm. Um it's so many things in in uh, fantasy and adventure storytelling play on, you know, Egyptian motifs. And this is not directly Egyptian, but certainly that name of Valley of the, mm-hmm. you know, is really powerful and really interesting, particularly when, you know, from what I know, again, not an expert, a lot of the Egyptian philosophy was about preparation to make a journey to another world. So, mm-hmm. that, yeah. so to have this, this story of like, we don't believe in that. In fact, if anybody comes to visit our tombs, we'll yell at them that there's nothing. Nothing, yeah. <laughs> but we're still uh, so egocentric that we must build monuments to ourselves. <laughs> yeah, I love that. 
Yeah. And, and what is your take then that, you know, Darth Bane is very clearly a, a vision, um, but the other snakes and in, in, in warriors whisper that we're going to tell them, meaning Dooku, and he, he does seem to feel it, Dooku and Sidious. Right. Um, what do you interpret that? What is Yoda experiencing there? Is that a vision of his own mind? Or do you think that without uh, actually having, like, Bane himself has not survived, yeah. but do you feel like it is haunted in some way by the accumulated hate and anger and fear of the Sith? Yeah. Those kind of energies lingering there. Yeah, this idea of Sith haunting, something you and I have uh, explored here and Jennifer back in the day, uh, especially when there was rumors of uh, Palpatine surviving. Yeah, I think that kind of works for me. And, and what is lingering there, what is left there, there's the hate, the suffering, the fear, and the the idea that they can't let go, that they, they are not there themselves, but obsessed with the physical realm as they are, that they would still be around there. Um, and, and that there would be a connection to Palpatine and Dooku, uh, that they would get the the spidey uh, senses, right? The Dooku's at his training, uh, his combat training outfit, uh, you know, handling some other other business. He kind of gets the uh, gets the alert. Uh, Palpatine gets the alert as well. I like that. I like that the Sith are not connected in, in, in the way the Jedi are, but uh, it, it is uh, they can feed off those energies. Yeah, that they can feel this disruption of somebody like Yoda. Yeah. Uh, you know, clearing out some of the, the right. cobwebs of of fear. Like, you know, if they're if they're pulling on the dark side and they're pulling all on uh, the the pain and anger uh, of the dark side, and then you get this big, you know, dollop of light. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. it would be like, hey, whoa, 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 who, who's disrupting our wellspring of yeah. hate? Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's uh, you know, uh, it's it's not Afra coming in to collect a relic and love Afra, and that's not a slight, but you know, it isn't just someone swinging on through it's it's yoda yeah it's not their perimeter alarms it's yeah. their uh, the the light side senses yeah uh, i really like that idea of haunting i like the darth moment story with the mask i like the idea of of clinging to a specific object yeah. and, and trying to get what you want uh by yelling at people so uh, i obviously it's not darth bane yoda says that clearly but i like the idea that the this spirit of accumulated hate and anger is is clinging to this place and, and leaps out at anybody who comes yeah, and voiced by Mark Hamill himself, right? Great little pool. Yep. I love that. Yeah, that's very, very cool. Uh, let's go to Dagobah. Uh, Qui-Gon calls it one of the purest places in the galaxy. Uh, we got, uh, I think another thing that I thought about when this episode came out a lot is like, oh, it really makes sense that Yoda's already been to Dagobah, that that would be a, an idea of where he could go. Uh, but even back then, I was like, okay, so R2 was there. Yeah. That does make me reinterpret some things. <laughs> I mean. How do you feel about it? I mean, I, I the show is, is it's not shy, right? It is, it is in R5. It isn't anyone else. And, and I kind of like that. I've always had that. And we've, we've joked about it here, but the headcanon idea of uh, R2 and Empire Strikes Back, the reason he's just so upset, he's just like, dude, you know me. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, and I just kind of have ha lived in that world with it for a while. And, and that Yoda, uh, excuse me, R2 is the droid that knew too much and kept his mouth shut. Right. I, mm -hmm. I, I really have a lot of respect for the hero of the galaxy that Yoda is. So I like that this show, this episode, these episodes just was like, yeah, he is there. Now, does he travel everywhere? Does he, is he know uh, where the hut ends up being or anything? I, I you know, he kind of just kind of hangs out there if you want to kind of cling to that, if that works for you as well. But I, I kind of like it. I kind of like that, that R2 has seen all of this and knows all of this. Yeah, I, I think it works for me because it just makes it really like Yoda's, Yoda's playing a game with him, right? When he, they're fighting over the, yeah. the candle. Yeah. Um, that R2 must be beeping like, okay, well, all right. 
Uh, you're not going to, you're not going to acknowledge me. All right. Uh, I also just like R2 going on this whole journey because I think it is another moment of like showing, uh, you know, Yoda making that connection to Anakin and seeing the value in R2. He's very kind to him and refers to him as friend and agrees with him uh, that, that uh, more band is scary. Uh, but it's also like that great, like R2's been there for all the big moments. It feels like that classic, kind of original Lucas idea that 3PO and R2 are telling the story and they're the ones mm, who are, yeah. you know, the the quote-unquote unimportant characters who witness everything and this is such a big moment and that R2 kind of witnesses it. But the episode is episodes are really well constructed to be like, yeah, and there's some stuff that R2 is just, he doesn't know what the hell's going on. He, he yeah. can't sense anything. Yoda's coming out beat up and R2's like, I, there was a plant in there with you. What what the hell happened, man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I I, I, I can, uh, I like that as well. I'm just uh, R2 not fully understanding this. So even if he returns to Dagobah, he's like, man, there's some weird bleep that happens there. I don't understand it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I did also uh, write down that Kiati Mundi did get one right. In the council meeting at the beginning, he argues that Dooku is merely a Sith apprentice, not the Sith Lord. And Mace is like, oh, that remains unclear. So score one for Kiati. See, there you go. There you go. Justice for old Mundi there. Kiati Mundi on the board. Excellent. Uh, Yoda uh, talks about, uh, Yoda is told that he uh, must... Re- retain his identity to train the chosen one uh qui-gon says in general that we need people uh we need the few jedi so that the light remains and he's been chosen like qui-gon uh but the force priestess says uh he is to teach the one who will save the universe from a great imbalance for this the great gift will be his so it's not explicitly saying uh he has to uh train jedi he has to train um the one who's going to save the great imbalance uh, after he dies, but that this act it was going to uh, um, mm. cause Yoda to get this great gift. Mm. How do you, how do you pull all that apart? Hit me, hit me with what you think and I'm going to build from there. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think it's about the spirit. I think this is a, a not worrying about the real technicality of like, but wait, Yoda did most of the training with Luke while he was still alive. So did he need to, uh, I think for me, it is wrong to be focused on that. I think the idea mm-hmm. is that a handful of Jedi must uh, survive within the force so that they can be there for the next generation, particularly mm. in this dark time, particularly for Luke. But I like this idea that in uh, the, the nether realms of the Force, uh, some things are clear, but not every little thing are, is clear. Everything that could ever happen, they're seeing too. So they're seeing, mm-hmm. maybe Yoda dies earlier. Uh, you, see, they're seeing what does happen, that, that Yoda passes on this knowledge uh, to Obi-Wan so that Obi-Wan really can be there uh, for Luke and it, it starts uh, this chain yeah that's that's the way I really like to think about it is like mm-hmm. it, it, you're the first in a, in a very small group of people who are going to learn this skill so they can be here for Luke yeah, it's 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 a chain of uh, ch- training custody, which is so funny. We were talking about uh, um, uh, Filoni and him him ch- taking that train on out to to Grogu, right? Yeah, uh, and some of the things. Yeah, no, it, it, because again, it, the the why of it is 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 the generational shift, generational change, and 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 how um, 
Yoda's been spending a lot of time trying to seek answers or the Jedi order trying to seek answers of what's right in front of them. And, and this, this idea of, uh, it, it's not what you think all the time. Uh, and so, and then it goes back to even coaching, uh, coaching, uh, coaching sports, coaching baseball. It's not only, you, you got to pass on what you've learned. So, uh, yeah. I, I think that it, it all leading towards this idea of total victory. Yeah. And, and I, this one made me, uh, sit up in my, on my couch when I was watching it in 2014 of that idea of the saying that, Luke is maybe the one who will save uh, the mm-hmm. universe from great imbalance and uh, opening up that discussion of, mm. uh, you know, that maybe Luke and Anakin are both the chosen ones mm. uh, or they're the yep. chosen one together is really fun. I uh, want to be sure to touch on that uh, whole Jedi temple uh, at peace vision. That was just a uh, great list of, of Jedi there. I got to see Quinlan Voss, uh, Soka again, uh, Tara Sanube talking to Gungi. Come on. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and then the the Jedi who have betrayed like Dooku and Beresafi and the Jedi who have died recently, uh, relatively recently in in the story of the Clone Wars animated series, Adi Galia and Tiplar. Uh, I thought that was uh, pretty great uh, to see those characters. It, it was one of the other things that made it feel like a summation of the Clone Wars. Yeah. And also pulled on my heartstrings, too, when Yoda's like, "Nah, you died, you died, you died. <laughs> it uh, <laughs> running down the list. Uh, kind of sad. Yeah, and great to see all those gathering uh, mm-hmm. Jedi younglings again. Uh, mm-hmm. And then uh, this beast that Dooku mentions in his story, which is actually quite humorous, uh, then Terran Tataka. Yeah. Uh, I think I said, I can't remember how to say that without, unless I immediately listen to Dooku saying it, uh, mm-hmm. and then I can uh, try to say it correctly. That is from the Knights of the Old Republic video game. So yeah. some more celebration of the EU. Yeah. Um, there are many other just kind of repeated or mirrored moments or calls to the future. Anything else you wanted to discuss? Uh, yeah, the couple of things I put down here, uh, we mentioned a lot of the midichlorian talks, which remember, was you hear that word, woo, you're going to have reactions. But I love, again, the use of that there. Uh, you, your science calls it this, but here's what it is. I, I love that Yoda asks Anakin about Mortis. And Anakin mm. obviously doesn't retain, hasn't retained his visions from there, but he happened uh, to be there. Uh, Ahsoka and Obi-Wan were there. Uh, there's even a note in the uh, trivia gallery, the episode of, yeah, don't worry, they filed a report. <laughs> they had a debriefing. <laughs> but I like that it's there. I like that that, that exists, that it, uh, even though they, they don't fully understand what happened there and where that even is, whatever you want to say, uh, I, I like that it, it's something, uh, an experience that's retained by Anakin, even though he doesn't know all the details. Yeah, and it is something else for the Jedi to know, to mull over. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really fun to think of uh, of Luke finding some of Yoda's notes on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, at the fact that it exists, uh, you know, who knows if we'll ever get there again. I don't know. You know, will Ahsoka end up there? Possibly, maybe. I don't know. Uh, we'll find out. And if we don't uh, ever spend time there again, I'll be fine. But I, I just, I just, I've got to imagine the Jedi. How could you, yes, you got the war. You got, you got important things in front of you. This, this I get. But I would want to get back there and figure that one out. Wait a minute. There's three beans over there keeping all this in balance. Now there's like none. Wait, what's going on? Like, <laughs> I'd want to get back there. Yeah. They claimed they were helping to hold things in balance and things aren't going great now. Is there anything to this? Yeah. yeah what do we do? Uh, one of the other ones, uh, it, it's 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 uh, maybe wouldn't jump out as a canny connection. Anytime Yoda's theme is used, it is a Big candy yeah. connection to me. Uh, it is the sound of enlightenment, as we've talked about here. It's a sound of comfort and home and learning and all these kind of wonderful things. It's a sound of hope. It's become, over the years, one of my favorite pieces of music. Uh, you know, John Williams, uh, you know, without a doubt, uh, at his best there. Uh, but I love the use of it here. And I love because this is, like you said, it's such a Yoda-centered arc. It's one of the only times we might really feel that we could get to know the real Yoda. 
Uh, you pointed mm-hmm. that out early on and that kind of jumped on, uh, jumped out to me. And so when you hear the music and then, uh, you know, you go back to when you first heard it, the Dagobah sequence, everything in Empire, uh, such an important part of this, the larger Star Wars story that Dagobah stuff is. So love, love just hearing the music of Yoda's theme. It, it's so powerful after a lot of, you know, rough episodes in the Clone Wars of Yoda himself being in a dark and shadowy place. And then to hear that music playing when he's in this flowing, organic place that's full of life, following the like beautiful mm-hmm. <laughs> of floating orbs in that music of peace and enlightenment and purpose playing, it's really beautiful. Any time the music comes in, I always think of the last Jedi moment. Yes, Yoda's there, but anytime the music comes in, it provides all those things that you're, you're talking about, uh, the comfort, home, enlightenment, uh, a, a purpose. It's absolutely the sound of, of, of the, that music, that song. Yeah, so good. So good. Anything else? Uh, we talked a lot. I don't want to spend too much time, but just uh, disconnecting the, the brochure that Yoda's picking up and then passing on to Luke. <laughs> so even any idea that you've heard there, wars not make one great. Your weapons, you do not need them. Yoda at one mm. point basically says that to R2. Then later on, kind of has a lightsaber with him, maybe using it to illuminate things uh, as a flashlight at one point. I was just, I was kind of breaking it down beat by beat, but uh, I, I really love that. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, we're joking, but the word hubris, uh, I, oh, that's all the reason we always talk about it here. One of the reasons for me, at least, unfortunately, I just absolutely always love that word outside of Star Wars. It's been one of my oh, favorite yeah. words. Um, but uh, I just love the use of it and, and it runs deep. And, and I'm not saying that Ryan Johnson and, and it was looking at these and going, oh, I need to put that word in there so it connects. But it's just part of the larger Star Wars story. It's part of the Jedi's fall. Um, so it's a key word. And I love any time it shows up. Uh, I have always loved it. Uh, had had it in lots of comedy sketches and jokes. It's a fun word. It's a fun idea. That idea that you would be really quite good at, at what you do and confident, and then step over that line to from talent, skill, knowledge, confidence mm-hmm. into uh, being f- so full of yourself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that you trip over your own feet that you trip over your own accomplishments. It, and it makes so much sense for, for the Jedi that that is a great danger for them of like, we have done so much. We've worked so hard. We've faced everything. We must be great, right? Cool. Yeah. See you oh. later. <laughs> Meeting's <laughs> over. We're great. That's yeah. hubris, right? Yeah. And that it, it fits so perfectly for what Yoda is going through here and what Luke is mad at himself for. Of like, I've, I, I became overconfident and I made mistakes because of it. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. So was there anything that you disliked or questioned in this arc? Uh, back then, there was a lot of things I questioned. And and then um, I still love questioning. And I love those little moments where I'm like, I don't know if I fully understand the answer here. Let's dive in a little bit more. This episode is full of so much um, in terms of just the delivery, the execution uh, of it. Uh, I, I, I It's really dense. Uh, it could be confusing. I wouldn't necessarily point out. Uh, new Clone Wars fans to these episodes right away. Work up to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I really love where they ended up. Uh, these episodes ended up um, sitting and, and what they accomplished. Yeah, same thing for me. I really don't have any criticisms for myself. It, it is, in some ways, um, a perfect summation of the Clone Wars. I'm glad that Season 7 exists, and I'm glad that it gets sort of um, reframed to see the the characters that were we were introduced to in the Clone Wars of Rex and the clones as, as right, individuals right. and Ahsoka and, and reframes it as uh, 
they are the our main guides to the story ultimately. But there's so much here from the uh, aesthetic to wrestling with what what were the Clone Wars, uh, what was the the mistake of getting involved. Um, mm-hmm. There's so much here to enjoy. It's got the whole why not spirit of like look, yeah. it's, it's it's Star Wars, and there's there's some things that that really feel like Star Wars, and there's some things that like well let's play an experiment, and then they'll become part of Star Wars too. There's that spirit throughout this. So I think I just love it because it after the darkness of the other parts of this season, uh, yeah. it feels like a balm on the soul. Yeah. <laughs> to see Yoda go, all right, I'm going to face the darkness and I'm going to figure this out. I, I love his uh, his journey through uh, the light side manual, the light side brochure. Yeah. And aesthetically, it's just fun. Mm-hmm. Every, every world is bonkers and interesting and uh the fights are scary and weird and the whole thing is just really fun to watch i think my my opinion of this one my love of this one really really increased uh with this viewing yeah same clearly clearly uh and i'm rambling so many times during this episode because i just almost i I went to bed last night uh i did did my notes yesterday before recorded and i just was like uh uh, so much, to, so much to learn from these episodes, um, <laughs> which might be, you know, I wouldn't put the, even put this in, in, in question, but uh, a lot of the things we're talking about, a lot of the, when you're talking about the summary of the Clone Wars and lessons we've learned, and they chose to do it in this uh, mystical, magical fantasy way. This is Star Wars at its, at, at its real fantasy core here, right? Um, I sometimes want, I, I wish, and I think maybe season seven and the answers are there. Sometimes I wish the actual like lessons could be delivered really just straight on the plate. Here's what it is. And I'm not saying it needs to be in these episodes and I'm only just saying it to like, sometimes I just want to be able to point some, some folks who, who, uh, Hey, might have these wonderful, actual legit questions. They're not trying to tear apart anything. Just go, Hey, here's some of the lessons learned. Here's where it is. Where a lot of these episodes, uh, this one's uh, it, it's, it's so different in, in so many ways, even though I think it represents the heart of Star Wars. It's so different. I think some of the messages can get lost if you're just swinging through like I was in 2014. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think if you I, I feel like this is an exercise in, OK, we want to walk Yoda through who he really wants to be as a Jedi and what is the, what is really the philosophy that he's trying to impart to Luke. Now, how can we turn that into concrete action? Things he has to face, uh, things he can uh, physically defeat or, you know, um, or or walk away from and deny in each, each beat is quite clear. And this arc does contain, if you want to have conversations with fellow fans, I I am really amazed. That's why I wrote down so many quotes. There are a lot of quotes where like, the, there, Qui-Gon just said why the Clone Wars are bad. <laughs> yeah. He yeah. said it. <laughs> and he, yeah. And, and I keep going. Listen to the mystical voice on Dagobah. <laughs> he said it. Voice. Yeah. And, and look, Yoda is such a, and you're dealing with such a big things here. How, how do you retain your identity after death? And why does uh, uh, Obi-Wan disappear? Qui-Gon do, doesn't. Uh, those are, these are big questions. These are lore questions. Um, mm-hmm. So I understand. I, I don't fault anyone. Again, I, I'm really confessing that in 2014, I, 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 it, it, to me, disappearing into the forces is, is a power that you add to your resume. And, and here these episodes are saying not. So you engage with them as you want and when you want. But luckily for us, Star Wars doesn't, doesn't change. We grow. Um, you know, uh, you know what you know what I mean by that. You know, where it's mm-hmm. the core of Star Wars is there, and and it finds you when you need to have it um, be discovered in your own life. So that's all. I, I'm not suggesting that there, there are, I would want an episode where it's like a bunch of clone troopers hanging around drinking a beer. <laughs> so what did we learn? I, I'm not saying that. 
I'm just saying sometimes it can be missed. And I've had such a good time with these three episodes um, going back into them and seeing things that were there, seeing things that, again, that I, I said up top, like I get what the visions mean, uh, but the, the big why behind it all, that's what make these episodes, made these episodes so memorable. Um, I just, maybe I'm so excited. I want everyone, I want everyone to experience that. Yeah. I really, I really like what you're saying because I think, I think for me, what it is, is the why the lessons Yeah, they're, they're crisp. If you look at each individual lesson, it's it, yeah. you can take what's being said as a parable, right? Right. Uh, about the why. And then also the, I think the episodes are making an effort to be like, we don't want this to feel like a, a video game with a drop down explanation of exactly how, right. you know, four spirits work. We want to make this feel cosmic spiritual we want it to be open to a certain amount of uh interpretation so there's the lessons are concrete and the lore has some things that are kind of concrete but still allowing itself to be larger than it is yeah it, uh, larger than you know the sum of its parts and, and be up for interpretation yeah 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 no yep and on that thought for me yeah <laughs> yeah so i am gonna ask you uh i know we're both trying to wrap up in a reasonable amount of time uh but i do want to ask you one other question in the yeah. spirit of a jedi hubris and question yourself we both love uh this arc do you feel it lines up with revenge of the sith how do you square that that the fact that yoda is indeed continuing to fight the battle hoping to win the war hoping to physically defeat sidious it- it lines up like this. This is maybe my defense of uh, folks like Mace and Kiati who who maybe have uh, have the right ideas, but maybe go about them in the wrong way. I still think this is not. Um, it's that conversation about destiny just brings you to the choices. There are many ways to get to this, and you cannot. Yoda, even despite going on this trip, isn't going to come back and say, "All right, we all got to lay down our sabers and die." Right. You can't do that because there's still people that need help and there's still possibilities. And and these episodes do address you control how you respond to things. And so if if they go forth and, and they win this war uh, and they kill Sidious or they reveal Sidious, um, they can then decide how to take that forward, too. So you still have to keep uh, keep your head on your shoulders there and you still have to keep taking some sort of action. You can't be. A uh, 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 passive in that, right? right? Like the Jedi, knowledge and defense, but that doesn't mean you sit back and just let people suffer. You still got to find find the right way to go forward. And I think this, that's part of what I think, at least I'm taking from these episodes, and why Yoda wouldn't be. Hey, we, we might be losing this. That doesn't mean you're not going to try to find a way to go forward and maybe win, and whatever that yeah. victory is, that actual literal victory. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I feel like Yoda has kind of had his horizons expanded. He's reconnected mm-hmm. to what he wants it to be. He's reconnected with like, yeah, this this war is not great. Even if we technically win, get a military victory, there's still going to have been so much pain and damage from it. And yeah. wow, we should have tried to find a way out of it. But I still have to see it through because people are hurting and I need to stop a Sith Lord if I can, if I, yeah. I have my head on my shoulders and my heart in the right place and I'm stopping him to defend others and not be lashing out in, in anger and hate. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we ever see that in Yoda. He's defending the Wookiees, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's defending himself when he takes off Commander Gree and the other clone's head. Um, he is mm-hmm. trying to do the right thing when he is stopping Sidious. And I, I really feel like 
the battle with Sidious, like they are kind of evenly matched. And we even got a uh, Star Wars counseling question while back, while back of like, well, why didn't Yoda just pop up and keep fighting or give himself five minutes and t- <laughs> tell Bale to turn around? Like he almost had him, right? Yeah. And I feel like the idea is fighting more would just empower Sidious. Yeah. He, what he wants is endless fight. He always wants somebody to be upset and angry and agitating because it just it it fuels the dark side and makes him more powerful. And I think the fact that Yoda recognized that and it and accepted it is better to disappear because this is what he wants. He wants to just keep fighting. Yeah. I feel like that choice that he makes in Revenge of the Sith uh, with this new horizon that this isn't the only battle that there's this much mm-hmm. larger. Uh, looking towards the future that needs to happen uh, that that helps him step away from the battle instead of just keep fighting. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think when he, when he kind of slumps his shoulders and talks about uh, failing and going into, into hiding, it, it, it is not necessarily about that fight, right? It is about the journey to that point thus far. Yep. And look, yeah, you, you got to choose hope, right? That's the idea. And even, even Kenobi's going to Mustafar or uh, at least chasing Anakin with the, what we hope is a shred of hope. Uh, and that's what hopefully we'll deal with in, a, in an upcoming Disney Plus series about what happens when he fails on two fronts. Doesn't save Anakin <laughs> and doesn't kill Vader. But uh, you still have to you still have to take action. You can't just sit in the water going, I'm drowning. What, I wish you don't worry. We're going to we're going to be helped. And then boats pass you by. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so we will wrap up this uh, extra size episode of the Clone Wars uh, with talking about merch. Ken, if you could have merch or an action figure, anything from this arc, who or what do you want? Is there? We don't have a Force Priestess's Halloween set, right? Do we? Like five <laughs> no. robes that you, me, Jennifer, two other folks can wear. Maybe go to Star Wars Celebration. No, I, I'm sure people no. have done them on their own, but I think we need officially licensed Force Priestess's costumes. I think we need a whole big Force Priestesses merch push. We need the costume, certainly. Uh, I kept thinking of a, a baby mobile <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for yeah. above the crib, just circling around. I think that would be lovely. Yeah. Uh, you got anything else? Well, we definitely need uh, Dark Yoda Funko Pop, right? Uh, we, we don't have that. <laughs> I'm, I'm shocked we don't have that. Yeah, it needs to come with, like, actual ability to smoke. Like, it's got a little, you know, uh, device attached to it uh, where you can pump out that black smoke. I definitely want a Yoda and Shadow Yoda uh, action figure two-pack of any kind. And then also for Halloween, I would like to purchase uh, for my lawn uh, a large display of uh, Darth Sidious with cauldron and knife just to sit on the lawn and scare kids. Yeah, that'd work. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, we've reached uh, season six. We are going to talk about the uh, the graphic novel, the comic book uh, short run, The Son of Dathomir, great st- story of Maul, the Mandalorian's mother, Talzin, and lots of other great stuff. Then we're probably going to take a short break uh, for the Kenobi series to focus on that. And we'll be back as we begin to wrap up the Clone Wars report. Ken, what should the moral of this episode of our podcast be? The moral of this episode is go into the dark cave of your podcast and face all of your fears, your hubris, and all the things that are blocking you from succeeding. And then define what is succeeding for your podcast. It's deep, but it's simple. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. And then question your podcast. Examine your podcast. Question your podcast. Make sure your podcast is not falling into hubris, or at least try. Uh, where can people find us? Yeah, look, I always say that the, the most dangerous thing is to believe your own hype, and 
I try to cut myself off at the knees every day. Hey, uh, we are uh, the Four Center Podcast feed. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Four Center Pod. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. Check that YouTube channel. We do live YouTube Q&A shows once a month. Uh, and then uh, we can also be on uh, found on Facebook at Four Center Podcast. You can audio book on us by going to audibletrial.com slash Four Center merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Four Center. Podcast available in a lot of different Spots like ACAST, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, just search, you'll find us. And you can support us directly by going to patreon.com slash force center. We always love having new people join in. And from there, you can get into our Discord, a nice community of force center friends. You can follow me at Cadnapsock. Go to my website, Cadnapsock.com for more information on things I do, including Big Comedy Show on June 4th, if you're in SoCal, at Doug Weston's Troubadour, legendary music venue. I'm going to be slinging some jokes there like Elton John in the 70s. No? Maybe we'll <laughs> see. Find out. Go to the website for more. Joseph, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me on all the social media. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. And you can check out my website for all my other comedy adventures. That is josephscrimshaw.com. But for now, for myself, for Ken, for Yoda's light side brochure, this has been the Clone Wars Report. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.